And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. Welcome to episode 17 of Down on the Docks. I'm joined as always by the man behind the board, the one that runs the cords, Dave Sarah. How are you, buddy? Hello. Good to see you. See you too. You know, Dave, um, people know I'm an internet celebrity. Yeah. And I take that title very seriously. And I ride those coattails, baby. <laughs> and we're ha- I'm happy you do. And once in a while, I'll be out in the real world and I'll run into a friend or maybe somebody that's heard the show and they'll be like, Chris, Some, sometimes both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's both, that's a great day for me, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so I'll run into somebody. And they'll be like, wow, I haven't seen you forever. Congratulations on down on the docks. How do I get on the show? <laughs> yeah. And my answer is simple to everybody. You, it's very easy. You give it five stars. Okay. You leave me a review. Uh-huh. And all you got to do is knock on my door at Monday at eight o'clock <laughs> and you're on the show. Okay. So that being said... This very thing I just said happened to me over the weekend. So we have a special guest today. Uh, I ran into her uh, over uh, the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. I didn't run into her. I said, hey, do you want to meet up? My mom's in town. She's a very good friend of mine. And she was like, uh, congratulations on Down on the Docks. How do I get on the show? Right. <laughs> I yeah. was like, well, five-star review yeah. and then a detailed review of how much you love the show. Yes. So without further ado, joining us today, my good friend, Carling Carol Freeborn, Kane, the girl with four and five names. How are you, Carling? Four That's names. four, but hello. Hi. Thank I'm you good. for coming on. Great yes, to have that some That is diversity. exactly what happened. Well, first of all, thank you for being a big supporter of the show. Absolutely. Um, you did say you were going to leave a review I and did. put five stars. I did. But as of today, we can't see that review. <laughs> it's there, I promise. Right. So, so it's, it's so, being marked for edit. Uh, it's, it's being checked by the administrators. My point is, if this thing's not up by tomorrow, I'm not putting the show out. Oh, oh fuck. Okay. okay. Well, because I'm serious about my rule. Okay. But somebody's got to come on Tuesday at 8 p.m. instead. I, better, no, no. I still better get paid. That's all I know. We will get you paid. So, guys. Um, Wait, you get paid? I don't get paid. <laughs> hey. You get paid in laughter, Carly. Hey, that's so, not, uh, um, obviously, it. we've been on a pretty wild stretch of docks here. Oh, yeah. And man. this week, it's <laughs> what week? It's time to get trending. Yeah, so everybody trending. flooded my uh, inboxes. Yeah, last uh, week was rough, doggy. We need some We need some lightheartedness. We need to lighten it up. Yeah, we need to lighten it up. <laughs> anyway, my, my inboxes got flooded, and I do answer every one of those, as you guys know. And they were like, Dude, Pepsi, where's my jet? Yep. And the first time I got it, I was like, what are they talking about? Oh, I love this. So this is a four-part docu-series on Netflix. It's not Dude, Pepsi, where's my jet? It's Pepsi, where's my jet? Yeah. But then I did find out it was a play off of Dude, where's my car? Got it. I've never seen Dude, where's my car? Have you guys? Yes. Is it a good one? <laughs> I don't know how you classify as good as far as those kind of movies go, but... Sure. So, Dave, is it shit or is it? Um, I mean, it's an old uh, cult classic. If you were a teenager in the '90s or the early 2000s, it's perfect. You'll watch it. But if you were, that's why you guys are here because you're both ten years younger than me. We're gonna cover a subject that hit you when you guys, you know, were 
uh, in junior high or high school, and I was way above the class at right. that point. I was in college. I didn't have time to watch TV. I missed a lot of this shit, to be mm -hmm. honest, because I was in a um, a blackout for about 10 years. Right. So I think you're going to be very helpful to the show. So let's get into Pepsi, Where's My Jet, directed by Andrew Renzi. Um, episode one is titled The Kid from Seattle. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we open on Cindy Crawford. Uh, she's yeah. getting ready to do the, the classic Pepsi challenge. You guys know what a Pepsi challenge is? No. Oh, no? yeah. Oh, I remember. I have no idea. I remember the Pepsi challenge, baby. Okay. They put up a, a can of Pepsi and a can of Coke, and they'd ask you, what's the difference? Now, the, That's the, not how it worked at all. So what, what, did they what they did is this. What they did is this. Oh, oh. They, uh, let me explain it to you. I see what what they did is this. They gave you two cups. Uh -huh. One one's marked nothing. The other one's marked nothing. Okay, right. And then you drink it, and you decide which one you'd like better. Right. And then they say, well, that was Coke, right. or that was Pepsi. Right. So this ad campaign actually started in 1975. It's wow. been around forever. Oh. Oh. The Cola Wars, if you didn't know, they've been brewing since the, the beginning of the 20th century. Oh. These companies started in, like, I think 1898, Coke was first. Is and that then, back when Coke was in Coke? Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Wow. Okay. This is uh, Pemberton's, winner, Pemberton's formula, if I recall. Um, if, there's a great doc you can check out on uh, the History Channel. It's called um, uh, something about the food wars or whatever. Campbell Scott hosts it. But they break down like, you know, the beginning of these industrial titans that created like Pabst Blue Ribbon and Coke. Uh. So they did one on Coke. You know, they did it on Domino's. It's a great series. Uh the food that made America is what oh, it's called. Okay, I do remember this. Yeah, yes. it's, they started with the men who built America. Right. And then they did another. The games that changed our. Or, yeah, the frontiersmen of America, you know, the toys the of toys, America. The toys that changed our lives yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so anyway, our if you do want to go deep on this, you should check out the Coke episode. But, you know, like I said, this thing's been going on for years, but mm -hmm. they really ramped up in about 75. That's when they started the Pepsi Challenge. So, um, they when did Pepsi start? Like 1900. It was just a couple years Holy after. Holy shit, really? Yeah, you, you might have to double check my work on Google that. that. But Pep Coke started and immediately had a competitor. So oh, I didn't realize. Did Pepsi have Coke in it? No, it did not. Mm -hmm. So uh, while Dave's looking that up. Well, this says 1965. Pepsi, the, they started? That's what it says. Okay. Pepsi co-founded in 1965. That's not correct. I'm looking though. I'll keep looking. Okay, you keep looking because if if I'm this incorrect on this, I shouldn't be doing this podcast. Okay, actually now it's saying introduced in 1893. Boom. What I was seeing was that's before the corporation Pepsi Co was founded right. in 1965. Okay, but Pepsi was yes. The point is, this shit's been a part of America for yeah over a hundred years. Over a hundred years, and they've been going back and forth. Who's better? You know, what's the better drink? Personally, I'm a Coke guy. Me too. I'm a Coke guy. How about you, Dave? Well, I grew up on Pepsi, but I am personally a Coke guy. Okay. What about I grew you, up with like They're yeah. both disgusting. I've never Funny had a you full should say that. one of either. They're gross. Okay. Funny you should say that because I'm going to get to that point in a second. So we start this thing and we open up on Cindy Crawford. She's getting ready to do the Pepsi challenge. Um, so what they're doing is whenever they introduce a new character in this, they're like, they hand them the, the blind and they have to say which one's better for, because I don't want to dumb this down. It annoyed me. They do this with like every character that comes in the, you know, interviewed. And I'm like, I'm not talking about that on the pod. So okay. we're not going to go over who did what it's boring. Wait, what but, did Cindy choose? I'm curious. Well, Cindy chose Pepsi. Oh. Okay. Oh, yep. But 
the the big ad from 1992 from the Super Bowl was Cindy Crawford walk or she pulls up in a Lamborghini. It's like a red Lambo at this like country backwoods hillbilly gas station. Do you remember this commercial? Nope. How old yeah, were you guys? I, in I do. And then uh, and then she goes up to the to the um the, the vending machine and or oh my god. I Yes. So yeah. she gets the Pepsi. She's like in the desert. Well, yeah. She's in like all white, a uh, white bottoms white and a yellow top. No, white top, cut off jeans. <sighs> so anyway, I don't remember. She this. gets the Pepsi, and these two kids are like standing nearby on the fences, and they're like, "Wow, yeah. wow!" And then the kid says, um, "Wow, is that a great new Pepsi can or what?" <laughs> I just got it after yeah. all these years. Yeah. They're talking about her tits, obviously. Right? Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so Damn. great new cans. Yeah, well, see, he says can, not he plural. Can. Okay, but that's I, how they got past I the connect, sensors. Yeah, I connected it to her tits sure. after rewatching it. Now, ninety ninety two, I was seventeen. Like I said, I missed the commercial. I don't remember where I was. I mean, I do, but uh, I don't remember the commercial. So this, by the way, she still re. Uh, she says she gets thirty um, people a year on her Instagram that dress up as that. Character for Halloween. Get out of here. I dressed up as her as Halloween one time when I was in like fourth or fifth grade. I did did not win the contest. (laughs) That's all I can tell you. Okay. Well, that must have been a 90s costume, Halloween costume. She also recreated (laughs) it recently for charity, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. All right. So next, one of the main players in this documentary, his name's Todd Hoffman, and he takes the Pepsi challenge. And he says this. He says, they both taste like shit. (laughs) <laughs> Horrible. Can't stand that stuff. You want to know which one tastes better? Which shit tastes better? This shit or that shit? I don't know. It's shit to me. They both taste like shit. All right, what now? Jesus, this guy. This guy's Sounds cool. right. They're pretty gross. What's it's his just, role? Like sugar so syrup. We're going to get to Todd. So What does Todd look like? Todd is, uh, I would say, mid-60s. He kind of looks like a surfer dude. Pretty cool, cool guy. Very, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, salt of the earth. Very uh, street street smart. Street smart. He's been around the block. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool guy though. You know, He's rides got a couple of VD venereal diseases. Probably, probably <laughs> rides rides an Just Indian rides an Indian motorcycle. Uh-huh. You know, you see him cool. Um, anyway, um, kind of looks like Epstein's cousin. <laughs> oh, Which one's Epstein's cousin? I don't know. Do you really want to know is the question? <laughs> By the way, somebody just passed me a note to say that. They're very passionate about this, and I'm not going to say who Epstein's it was. cousin. So we might have to bring up Epstein's cousin and take a look. Anyway, I like Todd a lot. Now, here's the thing. He's going to be a major player in this story. So then Pepsi introduces the tale of John Leonard. Okay, that's what this doc's about. So in, in 95, this ad came out, and... Uh, John Leonard is the one that got this whole story started because he is the young man that attempted to redeem Pepsi points for a Harrier jet that Pepsi had in a contest. Wait, what? Exactly. A jet from drinking sugar syrup. Yeah. Sugar water. Doesn't matter if it's diet. Doesn't matter if it's Pepsi Crystal, Pepsi Free. You got points on a Pepsi and you were able to put your points together. Now, here's, we got to back up. They break down the 90s advertising. Do you remember these commercials like Yo Kira Taco Bell? Oh, yeah. So that was a big one. Um, Rucho, Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. And then like the Budweiser Bud Bowl. Bud, you remember that? And then Budweiser. Oh, that's interesting the you say that because oh, my buddy. I remember the frog. 
frogs. Yeah, my buddy was a frog. Wow. What? He was one of the, not the frogs, the lizards. Remember when oh. they spun off and did the lizards? Oh, and maybe. And be like, let it go, Louie, let it go. Maybe, yes. maybe. Okay, so he was a lizard. Wow. It was his first voiceover audition he ever had. He walked in, hung over, nailed the part, Super Bowl spot, <sighs> turns into like a, a four or five year campaign. Oh. He would do gigs. He would call me and he'd be like, uh, yeah, I'm in doing Denver radio this week as oh. the Budweiser Lizard. Oh, so Dang. first gig he oh, ever well, that, That's that's an easy 140 to 150 k. Way more than yeah, that. Yeah, how many royalties oh, do you get from that? A year. Yeah, yeah. We'll that's get nice. That. We'll get to that because I years. have experience in this arena. Oh, so hello. we're not there yet. So uh, next we meet Michael Patty. He's the former creative director of Pepsi. Um, and then Jeff Mordos, he's the CEO of Pepsi. Uh, by the way, they re refer to the CEO, Jeff, as the wolf, okay? Oh, From Pulp what? Fiction, he's like yeah. the problem solver. Yeah. Oh, so, Winston Wolf. Um, Michael's, uh, Michael says, the style of the ads in the 90s was building up brands in the most intense way. He's the most boring guy I've ever seen in a documentary. So um, according to them, they knew that Coke was the market leader, but... Pepsi's strongest weapon was its advertising. So back to Michael Patty. I'm going to call him Michael the Drip. Okay. Okay. He said, so That's what this, I call my drug dealer, too. So, <laughs> so I worked with Madonna, Michael Jackson, Marlon Brando, Britney Spears. By the way, I call my drug dealer Instagram. I think it's a little bit better. <laughs> He's that fast. Idiot. Uh, anyway, Michael says. Instagram. I just got it like know. an idiot. Michael says, you know. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I get take it. Your time, take your time. He says, I work with Madonna, Michael Jackson, Marlon Brando, Britney Spears. I'm not trying to name drop, uh, name drop, but I'm absolutely name dropping. These are the people I worked with. And I'm like, so you're fucking name dropping. Yeah, I don't mean to name drop, Michael Jackson. Just say you're name dropping and that you work with all these people and it didn't help you make yourself any cooler because you still sound like Michael the Drip. He sounds like I uh, gave Michael Jackson propofol. Uh. <laughs> well, I actually did a Pepsi commercial myself. Wow. I have experience. What? I never knew this about you. I have you. experience in So you're the, not a toad. You're a Pepsi. No. What I, I Here's the thing. In 2001, they did a big campaign with Britney Spears. And it was the one where she went through like the 50s, the I do 60s. Remember this. The, wow. You're in the Pepsi yes. generation. Fuck so me. I remember going out on this audition. And um, um, when I had my commercial agent at the time, I'd always, they'd always say, young, urban, hip, casual. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Everybody says that. Give me more information. You're like 6'4". How do you even make it into commercials? And You know what they say. He had short hair then. It was easy. Okay. Yeah. So the point is, I'm like, give me as much information. I'm nailing this Pepsi part. And he goes, well, they want you to play one of the lettermen. And I go, what's a lettermen? Oh, oh yeah. Like a jock. No. That's what I thought. Oh. So no, you're going to hold like a Pepsi sign or something. Oh, like a sign it's letterman. It's going to be an E you or guys a P. are just striking out. Uh, wow. They really? were a band. Okay. From like uh, the late 50s or early 60s. They were oh. called the Letterman. Before my time. Oh. Three of them. Before my time. But here's what good oh. actors do. They go out and they do the research. Yeah. So I went, uh, I got online. This is back when you had to use dial-up. Sure. And uh, I was probably, yeah. in an <laughs> was probably <laughs> at an internet cafe or something. And I see these guys and I paid like a couple bucks to have them printed out. And it, uh, it, you know, they had the Letterman, but they were sweaters with buttons that went all the way down uh -huh. the shirt. So I went thrift storing. A sosh. I w yes, total sosh outsider. Oh, so you're like one of those like singers type of people Correct. in the fancy dresses, like the acapella kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, I get yeah. it now. But, but not wearing a dress because I'm a guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. 
So anyway, I go out and I buy um, this this uh, Letterman sweater from the twenties. It was like the vintage one. Yeah. And nice. then I I sewed on an S. You know, I found a letter. I sewed it on. I go in there. Why not go with P for Pepsi? They didn't have any P's. I I think I just found an S. Chris, come on. I know. Anyway, I, I still have it. I wear it around every now and then. You oh, do fuck. not. Yeah, I do. I went to Stanford. I expect this at Christmas. Okay. <laughs> it is Stanford Maroon, by the way. I figured, I, I pictured that. Okay. So anyway, I go in. They have me sing. I nail it. Then they're like, you're hired. <laughs> now, uh, the shot at Sunset Gower, and they were like, it's a Super Bowl spot. And it was me and two other guys. And Joe Pickett directed it. He's he's a very famous commercial director. He directed, if you've seen movies, uh, Let It Ride with Richard Dreyfuss. Um, anyway, we are all freaking out because Britney's on set. Sure. She's wearing those hot aqua pants and that pink top. Oh, yeah. The guy that Beautiful. got diddled by Michael Jackson, the uh, uh, choreographer. The lucky, lucky guy. <laughs> he was doing the choreography. Sweet. So, you know, they have this whole Pepsi's 1950s diner set built out. Yeah. And they're going through their dances. Ed DeBevix. Ed DeBevix. That's right. I forgot about that place. It's still around. So um, we're getting paranoid because it's a one-day shoot, and we know we're not going into overtime because they're like, we have to wrap today, and they haven't shot us. So my Uh-oh. two guys and I, were in our dressing room, and we're pacing for like eight hours. Sweater yeah. was for nothing. And I'm like, we are going to get our shitty day rate, and we're not going to get oh, paid for this fuck. because they're going to have to cut it. So like 10 minutes maybe 15 minutes to wrap we get our call to get on set so we get on set we're in our our letterman things and whatnot or jackets and we've been practicing lip syncing this entire you're in the pepsi generation (laughs) and then pepsi for those that think young something like that yeah and we've got it down because we've been in this room for seven hours and then joe picka he brings camera up to us and he looked at me, and he's, he's a harried old rat bastard, and he just looks like he hates his life. And uh, he's got a cup of coffee, and he goes, look at this shit. And I go, what's that? And he goes, that coffee's dog shit. Why, I can't believe I got to drink dog shit coffee. And I go, it doesn't look good, uh, Mr. Pitka. It's not a Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, they shot the shot. We did it in two takes tops. And then I got so lucky because we were the tagline, Pepsi. They cut me into like 10 different versions of the commercial. Mm. Wait, with that high pitch of a voice? Pepsi! They overdubbed they my dub, voice. They got to uh, dub over uh-huh. your voice. Right. They so, just needed a look. So I was in the two-minute version. I was in all like the 30-second spots, and it was the best payday I ever made in Hollywood. Fuck, yeah. Damn, are you still getting royalties on that no, one? No. It was oh. a good run for about three years, though. They're bringing Britney back. Well, maybe I can figure something out. But maybe it'll be in a movie. Anyway, I, I hate to go that far, but no, it, when good. it's related, you, you got to bring in yeah, the gems. Yeah, yeah, you were in a fucking Pepsi commercial, dude. You can find it. It's the Super With Bowl Britney one. With Britney Spears. It was a Super Bowl commercial. You were in a fucking Super Bowl commercial. 2001. This was before the crazy Britney, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Think like, of how many. Like listen Britney. to this. Britney and I have the same therapist. What? I haven't told anybody that in a long time. No wonder. Yep. So... <laughs> So it all makes sense. So yeah, one day uh, this girl I was dating in the early 2000s, she's like, "Do you know that we, you and I, have Britney's same therapist?" And I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" But you were dating a girl that had the same therapist as you and yeah. Britney. Yeah, but we didn't know Britney was involved. But wow. you knew each other was involved. She got me into therapy. She was like, "If I'm gonna date you, I gotta unfuck your head. You're going <laughs> oh, to therapy." Yeah. yeah, but you're not supposed to go to the same therapist as the person you're fucking. Well, we did. 
Oh, well, geez. Okay. No wonder. It's couples so, therapy, separate. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, Together, so, but separate. Yeah. Okay. So we had this therapy. Separate, but better. Anyway, then she called me a couple years ago when Britney shaved her head, and she's like, Jesus. <laughs> Britney's got our, our shrink. And yeah. Really, you had a good Dr. Katz told <laughs> her to do that. So anyway, let me let me move on from that. So according to Jeff the Wolf, you remember him? He's the, the Wolf. He's the, the C- Let's not offering. start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. <laughs> It's my favorite line of every any movie ever. It's pretty good. So Jeff says people would have cut off a limb to work for Pepsi. Um, they're launching the most famous ad campaign in the history of advertising, and they had to win the Cola Wars. So they come up with this big idea to put Coke on the defensive, and it was basically drink Pepsi, get crap, or as they say, stuff. So if you bought Pepsi, you get Pepsi points. Uh, and the idea was you cash the points in for Pepsi garb, like your T-shirts, nice. hats. Yeah. Or it's like, I like to call it like marble miles for children. Buddy. Just I, encouraging people to drink massive amounts of sugar <laughs> and get fatter than they already are. So well, speak- it worked for Marlboro. <laughs> Speaking of Marlboro, <laughs> I collected the Marlboro Adventure Team. Oh, it's probably yeah. before your time. Yeah. You get well, like five. I also don't smoke. I had the watch. Wait, okay. Oh, man. And then- Dartboard. <laughs> Sleeping bags, gun. Watch. I mean, yeah, it was a I, Swiss Army. Watch. I would roll up to the Boy Scouts with all <laughs> the gear, with the sleeping bag and the backpack and the cooking gear. Yeah, you're like, boys, let's go. Let's go. My jacket was zero degree below zero. Like, it matched your your Marlboro white van. <laughs> Did you put him on the side of that too? Dude, my dad was a spokesman essentially. Well, here's the thing. I had a buddy that was a garbage man. Oh, and that was a dream job oh. if you wanted to get Marlboro miles. Yeah, you could pick them all up from the trash. <laughs> right. I'm so. pretty sure my dad's friends. But you could have gotten Pepsi like points then, too. He wasn't into it. He was a Marlboro guy. Um, yeah. Well, my dad used to receive, he used to, his friends used to just give it to him. So he got to a point where he was just getting Marlboro miles from everybody. So he was such I a mean, smoker that his friends were like, here, you need them more than I do? Just like, because he knew he was collecting them. Like, people yeah. didn't care. And then well, we, were, my, we were getting all kinds of good shit. Here's the thing. My garbage man guy, he was the guy that would show up at the party with the trench coat and be like, who wants a Marlboro watch? He had everything. So anyway, that's the whole thing of their campaign. Now, here's the thing. We see their original commercial, Okay. A kid gets out of bed wearing a Pepsi shirt, and then it flashes up 80, 80 Pepsi points. Then he throws on the Pepsi jacket, 1,200 Pepsi points. <laughs> I remember this, then he thro- See, I don't remember this. Then he throws on the sunglasses, 125 Pepsi points. And now here's the big gag of the joke. He gets. Then you see this Harrier jet. Have you ever seen True Lies? Oh, yeah. The Harrier jets, Carling, they're the ones that just go up and down like a helicopter or side to side. Like a hovercraft? Yeah. A jet, okay. yeah, it's a it's a regular fighter jet, but it can it can take it off can straight. It can only go up and down no, no, side no, to no, side? No, 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 no. Do it whatever can, it wants. It can take off straight It's up. a shape shifter. It can take well, off. Also, it can just go to space. No, 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 no. Not to space. It just, the jets face can turn. So they face down if you want to go up and down real quick. But then when you're ready to go supersonic speed straight ahead into Russia, they they turn the jets. You don't have to go to Russia. Just so you know, you can go anywhere. You can go to China, too. The point is this. So then we see this kid and you hear this massive noise and these like this huge cloud comes over these kids that are uh, on the bench reading books. And then you see a shot of like like, a suburban backyard. No, no, no. It's a high school. Oh, and okay. then you see okay. like the That's science cool. teacher. He's just like, oh, oh what's going oh, on? Yeah. And all the papers are in the air. Yeah. And then this kid drops down in the Harrier jet. 
not wearing a helmet, by the way. Uh, and then he says this, strange. by the way, foreshadowing with that line I just uh -oh. dropped in there. Then he says, sure beats the bus. And then the tagline says, uh, well, underneath it, it says Harrier Jet, 7 million points. Wow. Okay. And then it says... Wait, so you have to earn 7 million points of drinking Pepsi. Yes. You have to drink 7 million yeah. Pepsis to get all these points? Yes. Is it one point of Pepsi? We'll get into we'll that. We'll get into that, all but right. I'm sure, but yes. But it says, the tagline is, drink Pepsi, get stuff. Okay? So 20-year-old John stuff. Leonard out of Seattle sees this commercial and says, there's no fine print in this commercial. That's a legit offer. I don't care what anybody says. I'm getting that jet. Yeah. All right? So one of the Pepsi suits... He says, the bottom of the video was clear. Here it is. The Harrier jet, 7 million points. It's clearly a joke. People don't offer military hardware as prizes. Well, these fucking morons did yeah. because they didn't put a disclaimer at the bottom of yep. it. <gasps> Lawyers. Yep. Oh, no. So back to Todd. We talked about Todd. Well, Todd is John's mentor at the time. And John brings him a copy of the ad. And Todd says, you put this shit on the air, live by your word. You say it, you do it. So Jeff, the wolf, says hundreds of millions of people saw this ad, and there's one guy who thought this was a serious offer. It was ridiculous. So John took this seriously, and he was hugely, like, this is before tons of internet, so cable media was all over the place. He's, we he, were talking about dial-up earlier. I remember, yeah, I remember those days. He's on the news. This is his 15 minutes of fame. Well, at the time, he was going to a small community college outside of Seattle. He says it wasn't Harvard, but I had big dreams, big aspirations. And what he wanted to do the most was climb mountains, which is kind of why I thought you'd be perfect for this show. Because yeah, I know. Climber. I've, I've, uh, I got married at the base camp of Mount Everest. So, yeah. Wow. That's so cool. He'd been climbing Alaska, South America, and he went on these little jaunts with Todd. Because, you know. When you say, okay, when you say uh, this guy is his mentor. Yeah. What, like. 20 to Scamming? 40. No, no, like no, looking no. Looking for scams? No, in real life. Like yes. his client, he met him as a climbing guy. John was a guide. Oh, he's like his climbing mentor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got Lucky. it. Okay. Yeah. Like but he's, a, I thought he was like, jump over that point. look, kid, you, we got to go into every I single know, prize. I know. I was too. I was like, where did it, where we got to look into every, this is why come. you guys are here. If they're, if they're, if they're giving it away, we got to make sure we're getting those prizes. The okay, point cool. is, Todd's, Todd's yeah. an adventure. So we don't have to climb. John's an adventure. Well, that's how John sees it. He says, hey, this could be something you know, good Take for it. me. Yeah. I can go climb all these seven peaks. <laughs> yeah. That these nerds Kate, do. But I don't have to climb them. I can just like yeah. Herkimer down. What yeah. is it? What is it? A Herkimer jet? It's a, a Herkimer jet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Her Harrier nah, jet. Nah, it's a Herkimer from now on. Herkimer jet. So anyway, we meet John's oh, I just mom. I Herkimer in my pants right now. <laughs> we, we meet. Sounds like something the Swedish chef would eat for. <laughs> Herkimer. <laughs> so we meet John's mom, Linda. She says, John's a go-getter. He always Matterhorn. had a job. Sorry. Hey, he, he was a paper boy. He, he did deliver teriyaki. He washed windows. <laughs> and then for some reason, she says, no, if only he was Harry Styles, I'd like it even better. And I'm just like, you were doing great. Yeah. Until you dropped Harry Styles. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, John says. By the way, my favorite Harry Styles is the one that's from uh, whose line is it anyway? Is that uh, his name? That's Ryan Styles. Damn it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So John close. John says so he was the target market for Pepsi. He says I was the Pepsi generation. Uh, you know, Pepsi associated with MTV. They had Shaq. They had Cindy Crawford. He says Coke had the polar bear. Yeah, my grandparents thought the polar bear was cool. I remember the polar bear too. 
Well, probably because you hung out with your grandparents. Was Coca Cola? That's what I just said. Yeah. So Pe- Pepsi is doing Jets. Coke's doing polar bears. Yeah. Okay. They're I remember PC. this. I remember yeah, the Polar yeah. Express with the yeah. little. Yeah. The polar bear is yeah. cute. Every it Christmas. rolls around and Every things. Christmas. It's darling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Every, almost wanted to World drink Cup, one, but I never The Olympics. Yeah. These are things that we associate with Coke. But yeah, you know what? Pepsi did a really good job of like most people <laughs> these days, you know, when you've got two of essentially the same thing, people have like a pretty strong preference one way or the other. Well, In my opinion, I feel like Pepsi and Coke... Most people don't really have a preference. That's I what Dave Barry, the, the famous humorist, says. Like most people you know? don't even give a fuck. I like could do a blind taste test and I'd have no oh, idea I, the I difference. will definitely be able to tell the difference in a blind taste test. However, like if I go to a restaurant and I'm like, oh, let me get a Pepsi. Yeah. And they go, oh, we only have Coke or vice versa. I'm never like, oh, give me a Sprite then or yeah. something like that. You know I, I mean? love those people that are like, really? Ugh, really? Ugh, okay. And it's like, hey, fucker, you're at a Pizza Hut. They're contractually yeah. <laughs> ob- obligated true. to Pepsi. If you want the, sh- the shitty pizza, you're going to yeah. get, the shitty, get the shitty soda or just bring one in your fucking pocket if it matters to you that much. Every once in a while, you will see a Pepsi and a Coke at, at, at a single uh, fountain drink. What? But not at a chain of restaurants. Not at a chain, most likely. Right, but Dude, like at a Seven Eleven. A chain is not dedicated to one versus the of course. other. Usually they. What? Taco they I'm not a soda drinker. Taco I don't drink soda. Bell, KFC, those are all Pepsi. All right, Coke is McDonald's. You can't get a Pepsi at McDonald's. Yeah, I don't like, think they, I could even tell contract. the Sprite between Pepsi, Cola, or Sprite. You can't tell the difference between Pepsi and Coke or Sprite. Yeah, Sprite. You'll I wouldn't be able, be able to tell the difference. To tell. If I could see them, yes, <laughs> one's obviously. Lemon, one's I was going to say, what are you, Helen Keller? But what? if I <laughs> sure, if I couldn't see it, hey. I'd have no idea the difference. Speaking of, could Helen, Helen Keller not taste anything either? No, I mean no, her taste buds. She probably okay. had super and, uh, tasting powers, and, uh, actually, right? And super smelling powers, right? She probably but, could tell the difference, but, like down to where it was made. Very real quick, Helen Keller. Yeah, pretty big place. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Anne Frank. Anne Frank, pretty big place. Her place wasn't tiny. Oh, I, you sounded no like way, she's got her own small. city. I've been there. It's small. It's not that small. It's as big as this room. Anne Frank's it's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good there little joint. There was like joint. ten people living in there, and they had oh, to make no zero come noise. Come on, okay, it's a good. Zero point. noise. All right, let's back get off. Women had to wear let's heels. Get, All right, let's, let's get back to this. So remember, it's seven Helen million. Helen Keller was the half. It was blind and deaf. Yeah, you ever seen the Miracle yeah, okay. Worker yeah, and Bancroft, Patty Duke? She helped build ASL. Braille. Oh no, Braille. Braille. Yes. Yeah. yes, she helped build ASL. Oh my god, I'm a, I, I'm a teacher. I should know these things. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> let's get back to the Pepsi. It's seven million points for this jet. John says no fine print came up, and he says, "Wow, that's something." So he starts running the math on this. He figures that a Harrier jet would cost thirty million to thirty-two million dollars. <laughs> they never said it was working, though. Well, we'll oh. get to that. His immediate thought was, Details. "You could probably get those seven million Pepsi points for a whole lot less." He says, "I saw this as an opportunity." That's a key word for me. He says, "This is an opportunity, yeah, a legitimate opportunity to change my world." My mind couldn't stop racing to try and figure out how to make this happen. I continually try. I was continually trying to crunch numbers and come up with cost estimations. How much Pepsi would it take? How many bottles do I have to buy? And at night, he would think about this laying in bed. The nineties were great. They do man. these recreations, and yeah. there's like a Sydney Sydney Crawford <gasps> poster over his bed. Yeah, there is. So, <laughs> this is, so how old is this? Now, now He's twenty. Explain what does this guy look like? No, Wiry, normal guy. Stringy, not skinny, just a normal guy. I imagine Five, him looking guy. like Ferris Bueller's Day Off yeah. kind of kid. Yeah, just, like just a normal, regular guy. Average. Yeah, I mean okay, he's cool. he's not fucking four feet tall. He's climbing just mountains. Normal dude. Yeah, 
So wait, how old is he? He's like 20. 20 and he's climbing mountains. That's not a normal thing. It's well, not a normal joke. The 90s, people got out more. Fair. There wasn't really the internet. There was I, the I get internet. That. There were some oh, yeah. video games. The right. uh, Super so Famicom was making its way through uh, Japan at the time. <laughs> All right, so let's get to it. He says, uh, you know, I'm up against the clock. He said, I had a sense of urgency to make this happen. He says, I was doing everything I could do to make it as cheap as I could. He's cutting coupons, yeah. the whole deal. Yeah. And then his mom says, they're drinking Pepsi around the clock. Well, nonstop. yeah. They're hauling it in by the truckload. She says, it took a week before we realized we just couldn't drink that much. Wait, how are so, they paying for all this Pepsi? It's a kid. Yeah. The kid is buying this Pepsi buying on Pepsi. his parents' dollar? Yep. So Wow. Okay. He's so a paper much. boy. He's, He's got money coming in. I mean, if you're spending $500 a month, we'll hear. Wait, pay. how much was a Pepsi a Pepsi? Hey, ding-dongs, if you shut up, I'll just tell you how much it would cost him because he ran the math. Let's do it. Okay, so he runs the like math. math. All right. He says, there was one person I knew that could help me out with this. Okay. It's his climbing mentor, Todd. All right. Back to Todd. Yep. The wolf. Yep. No, not the wolf. No, no, no. The wolf That's is Frank. the Pepsi suit. That's Jeff. Jeff, I mean. Okay. Yes. These so, names are so generic. It's hard to keep track. You're All lucky. Right. You came in episode 17. Every single episode before this, the names were f- most likely fake and made up. Let's just go me. back to Todd because yeah. I want to reintroduce you to him. We see him on a motor, uh, on a chopper. He's driving through the, the ba- you know, looks like Wyoming, Montana, but he's, he's cool. And uh, he says, I live in the moment. I enjoy the moment. There's so many beautiful things you can appreciate. All you got to do is open your eyes. I got a little pond out here stocked with trout. But I won't tell you my address so you don't steal all my fucking trout. <laughs> all right? You have to be spontaneous in life. It's not the Pepsi. If, it's the trout he's worried about. <laughs> if you're wrong five out of 100 times, so what? You had 95 great adventures. Five times you fall on your head, you got stitches, got a broken leg. You would have missed the whole thing. You didn't take the opportunity. So he's uh, this adventurer, like I was telling you. He was got into climbing at a young age as well. Now... Here's the thing. He gets sick in 1992, mm. and he gets a brain tumor. Oh, and what? That yeah. doesn't sound like getting ones? sick. Well, the healthy people? he gets it removed, oh. and then he, the doctors tell him, you know, you probably shouldn't climb anymore. Mm. And he <gasps> Why? Said, well, because he's got a brain tumor in his head. They just cut it out. All the more reason to exercise. <laughs> okay. Well, they're saying maybe with altitude sickness, it not, might not be the safest thing. Well, for maybe some. you can climb right. You won't you get can, altitude sickness, but whatever. Okay. You, can, you can go back to uh, rock climbing, but if you cough, he's you might rock open your head up he's again. An, he's an alpinist. I'm just saying. Alpinist. Oh, he's an alpinist, okay. <laughs> Alpepsius. Okay. So this is the part that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because the, they do these recreations and John's in one of those outdoor water tanks that like horses drink out of. Yep. Trough. He's, trough. trough. He's in a trough. Yeah. He's laying in a trough and he's got uh, a bandage on his head with blood leaking out of it. And then, of course, you know, his <laughs> buddy calls him up. Ooh. John calls him up. After, so this is after he's had the brain tumor removed. Yep. He's in like a cold like bath. A bath. Yep. All right. Okay. Now, keep in mind, this documentary intercuts between them telling the story with Todd and John climbing mountains. Cool. Okay. So they show, you know, they show him doing the Mount Denali in Alaska. Mm-hmm. What is that? The biggest one on our continent? Mount no. Denali? Yes. Is I think it, it really? is. Wait, yeah. what? On, on, on North America. So Rainier is what? Number three then? Uh, who gives a fuck, Dave? Yeah, that's, All that's, we need to know good, is Denali's the top. It's a very good point. <laughs> well, Mount Whitney's up there too. And that's in California. All right. Yeah. So anyway. Where the aliens live, by the way, if you ask me. Okay, I didn't. Okay. So here's the thing. So 
John feels like he can pitch this idea to Todd because Todd's a free spirit. They climb. Todd's pitch the idea of we're just going to buy all these Pepsi's things. Well, if you, I'll get there. Yeah, okay. gonna, I'm getting to the idea <laughs> pitch. Mean, so sounds like they're looking for investors. Yes, exactly. He needs an investor to pull this off. So he shows him the commercial, and Todd's like, "Play it back." He, Johnny plays it back. He's like, "Play it back." John plays it back. He's like, play it back. This goes on for like 90 <laughs> times. And he goes, I can't believe what I'm seeing. There's no disclaimer. No at the disclaimer. End of this. Wait, I have a question. How do Johnny and Todd meet each other? Climbing. But Johnny's like 12. 20. 20. John's Todd's 20, 40. What? For, 20 and 40. John's yeah. 20, Todd's 40. God, okay. The, okay. Mount, right. the mountains don't see age. I was trying to figure out this math and I was right. confused. I so got it now. Todd says this is false advertising. And he says, John, if you want to do this, put a business plan together and I'll help you. So, John, okay, wait, hold on. When you say, yeah. I'm sorry. When you say false advertising, does this mean that they have already tried to speak with somebody? And no. Say, okay, so, okay, okay. You said put a business it, plan uh, together. Well, no, there's yeah. no disclaimer on how yeah. much. Yeah, it would be false advertising if they, okay, got it. Okay, so John gets his business plan together. Um, but why are they making a business plan? Because, because they got to go investors. You gotta how get, much does Pepsi cost at this point in time? Five cents a can? No, what no. is this, 1920? No, 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 when did no. Pepsi ever cost five cents no, a can in your lifetime? I don't know. I've never bought Pepsi. It's okay. a couple bucks. It's a, it's a, it's a, a buck? Yeah, it's yeah, at least a, do, a dollar. A dollar or a can, two dollars for <laughs> I mean, a bottle. I mean, it can't be much more than a buck. All right, a soda me, now is like three bucks. Okay, let me break down the math. John does the math. He figures it out. And he says it's going to cost us $4.3 million to get Hell 7 million points. Yeah, Damn. baby. To answer your question, Carl. And you're going to 10x your money. Each 12-pack was worth 5 points. So he says, I needed to buy 1.4 million 12-packs to get to 7 million points. That's over 16 million cans of Pepsi. So... Who's oh. drinking all this Pepsi? <laughs> you're not drinking it. You're just yeah, you're getting just, it for the points. You're just getting... wasting those resources. No, you no. give it to. You're gonna be feeding children in Africa with Pepsi water. When you, when you go, when you, I fly would make your a carry... Pepsi bathtub or a Pepsi swimming pool. Well, when you f when you fly, you would just corrode everything. When you fly your Harrier jet to K2, you can give all that Pepsi to the starving African children over there. All right, let me give you some more numbers. Kilimanjaro for your non-climbers. Wait, I was like, but K2 is not in Africa. I thought Kilimanjaro was in Africa. Kilimanjaro no. is, but K2 is not Kilimanjaro. Hey. Hold on, K2 is not Kilimanjaro? No, it's in Nepal. It's in Nepal. Oh, fuck me. It's okay. not far off from the mountain that I climbed. Hell yeah, I didn't know that. All right, That's back, good to know. Back Fun to fact. the math. 1.4 million 12 packs of Pepsi would take almost 600,000 cubic feet of storage space. So his plan is... Oh my God, yeah, what does he do with all the Pepsi? He's going to get six major metropolitan areas, six separate warehouses, and enough people to work at all these warehouses. What are, they, what are the workers doing? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> they're they're going to go out and buy Pepsi. They're going to load it. They're going to cut the little labels off the cans. He's factored this in. He says it's going to the vending machine people. He <laughs> says 45 people is what it's going to take. And he says, I'm going to contract labor ready in these other markets. By the way, don't ever contract labor ready for any work. They show up <laughs> okay. drunk or stoned or they'll show up and they'll be like, I'm not touching this. I, I imagine fucking... this is like Wait, where can I get, warehouse. Where can I people? I'm not going to hire this. any, but where can I get a job as one of those people mm. where I can get drunk and high and go make money? Labor ready. Yeah. Yeah. So. But then you have to do labor. You realize that. John, Todd says, John, you're crazy. This is insane. John says, well, I'm going to figure out a way to make it work. And Todd says, well, I'm going to throw out some pitfalls for you and ask you the hard questions. And Wait, he says, what? Question. Yeah. 
They're 20 years old. Where do they have the money for this? John. He's got the money. Where, where does he have the we're money? We're getting investors If right he's now. riding a motorcycle and climbing Everest, he's got money. All right? He was a businessman. But he's 20. No. There's not Instagram. Todd, Todd has money. Todd's 20. No. Todd's 40. Todd's 40. Todd's 40. Okay. Todd's been- How did Todd get his money? Autom- automobiles, uh, real estate. He's been around the block. He's oh, got the So he the did cash. it the real way. He's grizzled. He got it. Okay. Yeah. So- Here's the legitimate question that Todd poses. He says, if someone could not buy a Harrier jet, then on the face of the offer, it was not legitimate. And that's when I started to reach out to folks at the Pentagon. So John calls the Pentagon and says, yes, you could. You could legally own a Harrier jet as long as it didn't have the armaments on it or the radar jamming. But That's not in the fine print, though. Right, but the guy at the Pentagon says... They're $32 million a piece, but you have to buy a minimum of six. Uh, okay. Oh, now we're <laughs> talking some real F you money. So here's the thing. They figure that's out. That's $54 million. Uh, no, 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 it's a lot more, more than, than that. that. $540 million. <laughs> yeah. Th- 30 times six. 180. Just call it 180 million. million. <laughs> Don't worry. Wait, I I'll thought do it was. Carling, I'll do the math 30, on the show. 30. I thought. <laughs> 30 million times 32 six. a piece. 32 million times Put your six. little fingers down. I already solved it. We're going to call it 190 hey, million just man. to be safe. All right. So, I, know, I heard a nine in there somewhere. All right. Sorry. So the point is this. Todd says, all right, so you get the Harrier jet. What are you going to do with it, John? And he goes, are we selling it right away? Because if we're going to sell it right away, it's going to look like we're trying to smash and grab Pepsi. What do you want to do with this? Well, hold on. There's I don't no see fine it. print. You can smash and grab. I don't see anything wrong with smash and grabbing, the by po- the way. These are very good points, but it's a legitimate question he raises. And okay, then John says, Crossing his we're going to take people on rides. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, keep in mind, there's a cockpit of one person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so we ain't taking so anybody on rides. You can go down. So, so then John says, don't worry about it. We'll do air shows. So Todd's like, eh, we'll do air shows. We'll rent it to movies. Yeah, this you, is a viable business plan. Yeah. So then he says, well, what happens if you get like 6,995,000 points and you can't find any more points? And then John's like, yeah, this is a bad idea. You know, we can't. That's what's, that's what was, that was a bad I mean, idea. These are good yeah. questions. Yep. So he's pretty deflated. He's kind of given up at this point. Good so questions. John goes There's back. Other states. John goes back to washing windows, you know? Wait, wait, wait. Hold. Okay. Hold yeah. <laughs> John's a window washer. Yeah. What is Todd doing for his? Todd's like. He's a, you said, real estate in auto. Yeah. Even if he doesn't have the money to put up, he knows other wealthy people, it seems like. It sounds like he might have some connections. He has some savviness to him, it seems like. The point is, mission's off. Mission's off. Back to washing windows and delivering papers. So after a long, hard day of work, John walks into a convenience store one night and he turns a corner and what does he see? The big Pepsi. What? Double time Pepsi. Double time? Double time points. <laughs> <laughs> double the points, baby. Double the thing. You can double your points. Nope. That's not what he saw, but I like the way you think there's something called double time points. <laughs> double time Hey. Points. Double time points by a Diet Pepsi. <laughs> All right. So what does he see? It's Diet He it's sees double. the point of purchase display. Oh, cardboard thing uh-huh. where you get your actual pamphlet for the catalog right to get your hoodie yeah to get your shirt right to get your aviator sunglasses mm-hmm. there's no hair you in your need jet. Those aviators there's no hair no, but but there's he looks no at it jets. he looks at it and reads some fine print huh. and it says well if you don't have enough pepsi points because you want your jacket 
you can buy an extra Pepsi point for 10 cents a piece. <gasps> yeah. So now he's Wait, realizing. Wait, what was the math on how much? a 4.3 like, million. That was his initial estimate. But like but, per Pepsi, yeah. how much was it? I don't know. Oh, God, you need to do more math. But this just went down from 700 yeah. million. This just went down from 3 4. million. 4.3 million. To 4.3 million to about probably $700,000. You nailed yes. it on the nose. Yeah, dude. dude Holy how about shit. that for the math, Way to babe. math in your mind. Yeah. Good job. Well, fucking Goodwill hunting it's, over here. It's literally, oh, yes. it's literally 10, like zeros and 10. Yeah. Very simple math. So he goes People. from 4.3 million to 700K. Um, Holy shit, that is so doable. Todd's now. like, we found the loophole. How can there? There's it, some meat and potatoes in here. How do their back. lawyers not figure this out? Every single lawyer at Pepsi needs we to be. We are going to get to all of this. Yeah, all right. He is back, in it. Back in the game. Yes, John, Bund- let's go. Whoa, Bundy. All right. So he was like, Todd says, we got to think about this seriously now. And Todd says, when I write this check, somebody at Pepsi is going to see this check and someone's going to go, who wrote that check? And yeah. they're going to go, Oh, it was a guy named Todd Hoffman. And I'm like, that made me nervous because I always flew under the radar. Yeah. So to answer <laughs> your question, maybe Todd wasn't doing fucking legit yeah. work. Maybe yeah. he was dealing coke. I don't need the IRS on my ass. Especially if you're climbing saying. mountains and that's how you think you're making your money. Yeah. If you're climbing under expen- the radar, you're not climbing big mountains. My point is if you're climbing K2 or Everest, it's not a cheap hobby. No. Okay. So it's not the letter K and the number two. Yeah, it's it is. Ex- oh, okay. it is. Okay. Yeah. I always thought, okay. All right. It is only known as K2. That's not uh, acronym or Interesting. anything. Interesting. Todd says, fuck them. I'm writing the check and I'm sending it in. And here we go. We're on our adventure. They never figured out there'd be a John Leonard. And secondly, if there was a John Leonard, they never figured out there'd be a Todd Hoffman. Bring it on, Pepsi. <laughs> Dude, I love this Wait. guy. Yeah. Oh, I forgot my question. That's okay. So one of the Pepsi suits says, when something comes up like this in legal, you know, we just call them up and they'll kill it. So Pepsi. Wait, I remember my question. Yeah. Why didn't Todd just say, fuck John, I'm going to do this on my own? Because he's not a piece of shit. Oh, oh, why isn't Todd saying that? Yeah, he's not a piece of shit. He's a mentor. He's a, he's a fucking, yeah. I get why John doesn't, because John's a kid, and he doesn't have a $700,000 yeah. check to just write. Right. Maybe ma- For all we good. know, Here's the Todd thing. put some subliminal messages in the kid's head to make him want the Harrier jet. And now we're getting too far off okay. into conspiracy land. Okay. Here's the thing. There are nice people in this world. I'm yeah. one of those people. Mm. Somebody comes to me and says, hey, you can are. you teach me how to do something? I'm yeah. like, yeah, here. Here's what you do. Right. Can you teach me how to Dougie? To doggy? Oh doggy. What's kidding. doggy? I don't know either. Okay. It's a song. It's a okay. rap. Kids it's me. one of those rap Is that songs. like the kids flossing? Teach it's me like, how to yeah, doggy. Yeah, one of those thingies. Okay. No, but I can teach you how to doggy. But I need some permission from one of my good friends. Dougie Jones. <laughs> so, anywho. Um, so, Pepsi puts legal on this, and they say it was one person that thought this, and that one person, that's pure insanity. So... That's how episode one ends. So episode two, titled, Let's Make a Deal. Okay? We open up uh, with John and Todd. Now, they're in Antarctica now. And like I told you before, they climb. They're into this, like, seven peak shit. Yeah. So There are no bugs in Antarctica. Did you guys know this? I did not. Makes sense, though. Zero bugs. Well, that was a thing at Burning Man until recently. The the humans brought the bugs. No way. I was there a couple (laughs) years ago, and there was a praying mantis. It just landed on my friend. Buddy, there's bugs at Burning Man. If I pull down some of that bush dressed up. Definitely some crabs. Scabies doesn't count. Yeah, Burning Man isn't immune to... uh, I'm just saying, because of the dusty plateau. Crabs. There weren't a lot of... There wasn't a lot of animal... There are no bugs on the... But yeah, 
on the playa before, but yeah. we brought the bugs uh, to the playa. Exactly. Okay, so guys, they're in Antarctica where there's no bugs, and they're climbing <laughs> what mountain? The highest mountain? Do you know it, Carling? Mount Vince? 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 I think it's Vince. Mount Vince in the highest peak in Antarctica. Vincine or something like that? 4,892 yeah. meters or 16,050 feet. That's Everest, kind of weak. Everest, That's chump change. Everest for perspective is 26,000 yeah. change, I believe. I say, uh, Mount Whitney is like 14,000. That's say, here in California. Yeah. I was going to well, say Mount Ararat in Armenia is 18,000, I think. Ararat. Yes. Anywho. Different day. Okay. So John and Todd, they're on the mountain. Um, 40 and 20 on the we're, we're in present day. They're yes. climbing this mountain. And, you know, John says, had it not been for the Pepsi case, would we be here together? You know, maybe we would have got here sooner. Um, but I thought they climbed before the Pepsi. They did, but not Mount Vincent. I mean, uh, that's the mount that they go for after all their. They've got to do all they're, seven. They're, doing, they're trying to do all seven. They're I doing think, all seven. Idea. Oh, yeah. wait, they're I like, missed that. Yeah. Where did I miss that? Anyway, the way they tie it in is they say the Pepsi story was another mountain we were trying to climb. So you see ah. what the production's doing here. They right. bought all the Pepsi. All right. They climbed it all, all right. up. So back to the story. Oh, I get it. Okay. According to Todd, in the catalog, there were five boxes to check. You got your T-shirt, remember? Mm -hmm. What else you get? Your backpack Sweater, or some shit? Right? Your lunchbox. There wasn't a Harrier jet box. Nope, wasn't on there. Wasn't so, in the fine print either. So your Swedish dick and larger. What's it called again? <laughs> the Cormacon? I don't remember. All right, so anyway, they drew in their own box, wrote in Harrier jet, included shipping and handling. Yo, you want your cock to look the size of a Pepsi can? Order our dick enlarger. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I needed to get that out there. He's just so you know, Carling. He's gonna a bomb. Great joke. He's gonna. It's not. Joke. It's not a good joke. Beautiful. He's gonna bomb reward, really hard every me. episode. I Do not encourage him. Don't okay. reward me. All right, let's go. Anyway, he's like pretty good deal. We're getting a you know Harrier jet delivered to our door for ten bucks. So again, we go back to what is the motive here? Well, John says it's an opportunity to get a jet and create a business. It was a big dream. Perhaps an unrealistic one, but it was an all-consuming dream. So they find. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. There's no fine print on a write-in for what you could win. Well, that's what they're. This that's is what they meticulously. That's what they're going to find out. Yes, they're going for it. They're going for it. They 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 checked all their boxes. They look. They looked at the they commercial. Their how own many times? Box. Yeah, how many times did they look at the commercial? Ninety. Uh, Ninety times they looked yep. at the commercial. Then they went to look at the boxes and like, oh, er, all the boxes are matching now. Fishing right on, in. fishing on. So they send this off to a little town called uh, Young America, Minnesota. That's the name of the town. That's the name of the town. That's a real name. Young so America. It's, <laughs> it's made in what Young is this, America. Bowie? She was the Young American. There we so go. Anyway, um, Todd says this though: you can't just go drop it off because what if it gets lost in the mail? Yeah. So Todd, he lives in Miami. He says, "I'm going to send Certified. a paralegal with you, and this check, seven hundred thousand dollars, but you have to make sure it gets in the post office box." So he gets there on a Saturday and it's closed. He didn't think this through. <laughs> so then, wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. He's sending a paralegal to put it in a post office box? With John. Would you give a 20-year-old kid a check for $700,000 without a little security? No, I wouldn't give a paralegal a $700,000 check worse either. Than kids? I take it my own, myself. Well, Todd, if I have that kind of money to give, why not take it yourself? Like, I'm going to take because a when you have trip money, to Young he America. He be allowed at the post office ding, what we're trying to find can, out, Ding I think. dong, can I explain something to you? And I say ding dong with nothing but love and respect. Tweedledee, go for it. When you have his money... 
You don't do this kind of work because you have millions. You send people to do this shit work for you. So then you can go ride your Harley or hang out on Mount Vincent and put your fucking flag in the ground, whatever. Or go go K2, whatever. Okay, exactly. I get it, I get it, I get it. But still, okay, go on. They get there on a Saturday, there's nobody there. But then they, they hear somebody in the back. And they knock on the door, post office. <laughs> Who's that rustling around in <laughs> yeah. the dark? It's like a mailboxes express. You <laughs> right, know what I mean? Right, 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 right. So then this is actually the fulfillment center for not just Pepsi points, but they handle Camel Bucks, Marlboro Miles, like we were talking <laughs> My about. My boys, the Marlboro Miles. <laughs> right. Dude, I, boys are <laughs> right there, dude. There you go. What how many dartboards they got back there. So Dave's anyway, nasty. anyway. Still got that knife cooking set. It's yes, now it March. And the sweater. It's now March 28, 1996, six months after the commercial aired. Okay. So, Michael, remember Michael the Drip, the one that's in creative yeah. that talks like this? Oh, John yes, Hamm yes, from yes, Mad yes. Men. He says, Today I heard about John Leonard claiming that Chet, Chet, I, uh, the wolf walks into my office. Uh, you we know, got a problem. <laughs> he, he, says, <laughs> he says, Wolf, we got a problem. And the wolf says, What made this so. Uh, uh, really preposterous was that his assistant called and said, somebody sent us a check and it's for $700,000 for the jet. This is where they fucked up. I already was thinking about this, but I'll let you continue. Thank you. Oh, I can do my job? You can. Okay. So he says, someone's pulling our leg. Okay. Oh yeah, somebody's pulling our leg. Oh, it's not a real check. Oh, that's amazing too. You got to... You won't know if the check's good until you cash it. Once right. you cash Wait, it, hold on. So you're fucked. Josh and Todd never There's even no made Josh. it. There's no Josh. Who's the Todd, other kid? Todd John. and John. Todd John. And- oh, sorry. sorry. My bad. Whatever. Same generic name. Okay. Although it is, John is my dad's name, so I should remember that Isn't one. Joshua, Josh was a biblical name. So is John. They all are, yeah. Dave. Even Dave. Dave. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. John mm-hmm. and Todd don't yeah. make it on the radar at any point when they're buying thousands and thousands and thousands of well, Pepsi's. Well, that much. Okay, they, remember they probably already <laughs> a couple. They only they, that was only that they was don't just, make it on the radar that for just, that, that was, alone. That was paper. Okay. Tra- that was like paper you don't make it on money. KPCC. That was or like, nothing. That was okay, nothing. Let me, let me back up. ABC, KRW. Let, let me back up. All they did was this. John was buying Pepsi points, and his mom says, you got to stop. They probably spent a couple thousand dollars tops. No, they haven't made press in yeah, yeah, at this yeah. point. Okay, it's the kid's a just climbing negligible Everest, amount. but he's like, mom's like, no, no, no. No, no. I, 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 no Pepsi what? for you. you know, this guy is a climber because you got to be smart when you're a climber. You got to plan your shit out. Yeah, yeah. It's, called, it's called your route. Your route. Yeah. Your route. Ruads, Roads, Roads. No, no, no. I think it's called so a That's a black right, sheep reference for those people out there. Oh, Chris, Ro- Chris Farley and Road. David Spade's best movie together. Okay, anyway, hold on. So, so, so much like uh, planning a route on a mountain, this yes. guy was like, no, 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 no. We're going to go straight from this chump change bullshit to the real deal. I ain't buying any more points. Unless we put a real plan okay, forward. Okay, so they were like one, two thousand points in, like chump change. Yeah, chump change. Midwest. Midwest. I'm just yeah, buying yeah, yeah, soda yeah, yeah, for yeah. my family like kind of thing. You got a jacket. Yeah. You got a cool oh, jacket. Oh, okay. And then they're like, oh, no, we're going no, big no, we're time. Going big we're going time. Herkimer. We pl- yeah, we're going Herkimer. That's right. Herkimer jacket. All right, so back to Michael. He says, I just wanted to go away. It's a big title, Herkimer jacket. He's Sorry, like, go will you just let it go away? I'm a creative. I don't want this intruding my work because I had to win the Cola Wars. Jeff the Wolf says, we needed to win the Cola Wars. And then out of nowhere, we got this kid to deal with. Now, there's another suit. I'm just going to call him Brian the suit. He says, I mean, I think he saw a clever opening. You got to give him credit for that. Sure. But clearly, it's a joke. 
you know, Michael the Drip, did he really want it? Or did he want some sort of settlement, so many millions of dollars? According to Jeff the Wolf, there was no doubt in his mind that it was a money grab, okay? No Wait, one. How much money is he willing to give them? Well, millions of dollars at this point. He's they're get, He they're, says, I'm giving you $700,000. Give me the $32 million jet. Yeah. Okay. They're okay. like, okay, but see, yeah. Okay, so they're, they're this wow. is, so they, this is their meeting. They got the money. They're, There's they no meeting yet. No, no, oh, well, they. This is inside Pepsi headquarters. Got it. That's what I'm saying. This is so like. So at the very least, no, no. they're like settling for like, hey, cool, 10 million. Yeah, it's they're chill. Talking, like, let's they're just talking, pay you off. It's yeah, cool. I could just tell the story and tell you what happens. Okay. Oh, God. Well, it's not as exciting. <laughs> okay. So they say we can't entertain this because it will just open other people to do the same shit. That's Pepsi's position. We'll put in some damn fine print. Well, we're going to get to that. Okay, sorry. So, I'm excited. So I can tell. <laughs> All right. right in this fucking Harrier jet, dude. I, we, need, we need to go right now and get a Harrier jet. I know, right? Dave, let's go buy some Pepsi. Let's All go. Right. So here's Pepsi. The wolf says, someone, and it might have been Michael, said, hey, why don't we just keep the $700,000 and we'll send him a model of the commercial of the jet, which I thought was a cool idea. And I'm like, yeah, of course you guys would think of this because you're scumbags. Yeah. So, like life size model or no, like floor size model? Like make it out of cardboard. Who oh, gives a fuck? That would have been the best thing. Well, honestly. Todd says they could have done something like that. And our next step would have been that's not a Harrier jet because it didn't say mock up Harrier jet. Fuck my okay? life. You're it right. Said Harrier jet, yeah. 7 million points. So now it's May of 1996. And then one day a letter comes in the mail to John. You know, he's been waiting for this. And. He's like closing his eyes when he's opening it. Oh. And then Todd says, what a dream to be riding in a Harrier jet. I couldn't wait for the first he ride. Just, he wanted that fucking jet, dude. Yep. He really wanted it. Yep. He didn't care about the money. Do you want to hear what the letter says? Let's hear it. The letter says this. John, thanks for the effort. Ha, ha, ha. It was meant to be a joke. For your troubles, here's two coupons for two cases of Pepsi. Uh, no, okay, wait, what? He's originally offering them millions, and he's like, no, two cool Pepsi. But they, so they didn't cash the check. They didn't cash the check. Pepsi decided not to cash the check. Uh, so John says, it was kind of a jackass blow-off move, okay? Here's two cases of Pepsi for all your trouble after I raise $700,000, which is, by the way, I don't give a fuck if you raise $700,000, you know, change. they don't care. Yeah. So, you know, he's like, all right, if that's how you want to play this, let's go. Yeah. Todd, I was pissed off, but I'll tell you one thing. Our next step has to be perfect. These guys wow. are sophisticated. Yeah, they're dude. smart. They have the best representation. So now we're going to flash back to the making of the commercial. Remember creepy Mike, the guy? Yeah, sure. Propofol Mike. Yeah, <laughs> Propofol <laughs> Mike. He goes, he goes, it's not easy to do a Pepsi commercial. There's no health benefit. There's nothing other than good taste. But there's a whole lot of money to be made in selling caramel colored sugar water. <laughs> so, so, so coming up with a clever ad year after year is very difficult. I don't think people have any idea how much time and effort it goes into take in making a 60 to 30 second commercial. <laughs> I was on the front lines. The I was on the front lines of Pepsi for 20 years. I wanted to write a book. What I did during the color wars. It's like anybody would fucking read anything yeah. this guy's got to say. So then they kind of show all the Oof. classic Pepsi commercials. You remember the Robert Palmer ones with simply irresistible. Yes! Oh, yeah. Okay, and you got like those girls with the bobs, 
and they had all the black mini skirts on. You don't remember this? Why are you grabbing your tits? I, I, that's how they, mini skirts. <laughs> I, I have to see because they had wrong. They had these. You could. You know how like the black mini skirts don't go. Up here, I know, but you could here. see the it's tits like part a little of it. bit. It's like the mini skirt attached to the. They the, were the, hot smoking girls. Caca. Here's the thing. You know what I like? Dave? I think that's called a dress. I like. Dress I like white women with their hair pulled back, and that's what all these girls were doing. All right. So you look great. <laughs> yeah, it was a great. White. Remember "Addicted to Love" that song? Yeah, I remember the song. Sure, Doctor, Doctor, give me the news. Mm-mm. I'm trying to think if I remember the commercial. I would have to see the so commercial. He was huge, man. He won sure. a couple Grammys, and now he, by the way, he smokes sixty cigarettes a day. Fuck <gasps> yeah! Died. Well, the, he needs to be the Marvel. He's folk. dead, Carling. He died in two thousand and three. From Leatherface. Well, he should have been back then. He could have made the Herkimer Jet. Yeah, All he right. died from leather from, from leather check, leather lungs. Let's check in with the wolf. He says BBDO stands for Batten, Barton, Dust, uh, Durstein, and Osborne. It's one of the preeminent, the most preeminent advertising agencies in the world. I know what? this because they used to send me checks for Pepsi. What, that, they, what, what is it now? Days. It's still BBD, BBDO. Really? Yeah. Never, never heard so he likens them to the, like, the Mad Men days, you know, um, but Jeff the Wolf says the pressure in this business and advertising was never ending. He said we would do all nighters for months on end, no vacations, no weekends, but people would cut off a limb to be able to come and work for the Pepsi business because it was news and it was exciting. Michael says out of my entire career, we've done all this wonderful stuff. <laughs> For some reason, I keep picturing Marlon Brando in like yeah, the Godfather as you're talking yeah, about yeah. this. But then he goes, right? But, the yes. but then he goes, but if you Google what I've done, this thing that comes up is the Harrier Jack commercial. <laughs> so this is what like a break. Link, Fuck right? this guy, dude. It's like linked to him for life. Fuck. So anyway, they throw all uh, their money into this major campaign, mm-hmm. you know, with the catalog, all this shit. Now, Michael. He says when he, I, I don't want to do his voice anymore because I feel like I'm bringing the pod down. He says when he was growing up, remember like uh, when I was growing up, we had Montgomery Ward catalogs. Do you remember those? And yeah, Wait, I, I remember need the voices because now I can't tell All right. who's who. Okay, God probably for you. Okay, so Michael says when we were growing up, we had these catalogs that Neiman Marcus would put out. And he said, you know, in the back page, there was what was called um, the uh, the gift that was um, the, the gift big. Gift that keeps on giving? No, no. It was called the fantasy present. <laughs> it was the biggest yeah. gift, and nobody could afford it. You know, there were like uh, matching submarines. Um, <laughs> matching. <laughs> yeah. oh, so like he shit said, that, like service merchandise. Yeah, yeah. Doing but shit he's like, too. he's like, that's what we need for Pepsi. We need, we need a fantasy present for the catalog. That's gonna gonna just blow their minds so i looked at their fantasy i went and found in their catalog and looked at all their fantasy presents a couple of the highlights his and her matching jaguars and then there was a present called secure the future a bag of loose diamonds <laughs> it's just a bag of loose diamonds <laughs> that they're selling for 50 grand wait question about the yeah. jaguars are there live jaguars or like no driving cars jaguars? yeah okay, they're just, just cars and I then sure all right and then my last and personal favorite his and her 2,000-year-old authenticated mummy cases for 16,000 yeah. Do they get to Damn. live in them? Yeah, well, that's my Sit thing. Is like, are you going to bury yourself yeah. in these mummy yeah, cases? Like, what are you going to uh, do with yes. these things? Yes, yes. I am. Yes. Is I, the mummy I inside them. of the mummy case? No, they're just the cases. How do you know that you fit into the mummified case? You better well, measure before you buy. Okay? Yeah. So anyway, it's time to meet. When you're dead, they can cut your ankles off. Big it's deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's big time deal. to meet. You can chimney down a little... Colonel yeah. Jenna Dolan. Oh, she's new. an actual fighter pilot. Call, oh, sign, call sign Dookie. She drives the Herkimer. 
Yeah. Call sign Dookie. Apparently shit log was already taken. She says, hey, I'm Jenna Dolan, the first woman to fly a Harrier operationally in combat. The Harrier is a fixed wing aircraft that I can hover, take off and land vertically. The airplane can actually fly airplane can fly backwards <laughs> and it has the maneuver of a helicopter. So this is totally a different way of controlling an aircraft, sort of like balancing a ball on top of the pen uh, of a pen. Let's just say that you could get into the aircraft not ever having been a pilot before. As we're maneuvering the aircraft, we're going to pull about eight Gs. If you're not familiar with that, you can actually black out. And from there, obviously, if you're in an airplane by yourself, you're going to hit the ground. She <laughs> yeah. goes, And then she goes, yeah, that's terrible. Instant I don't want to death. talk about yeah. it anymore. Chris was going eight Gs for those 10 years that he couldn't remember. Yeah, pretty Wait, much. Wait, can I ask a question? Yeah. What's the difference between an airplane, aircraft, and a jet. Is this a riddle, or are you just asking? <laughs> I'm literally asking. I have no idea. Dog, there's different classifications of airplanes. Yeah, that's an aeronautics I, I course, know that there's different but we're not going to get into classifications it. Classifications of airplanes? What's the difference between an airplane and a jet? A Herb Derb aircraft. What is it called? The engine. Oh, what? Yeah. Okay. And how it flies, and how okay. it takes off. All, All these right. things are a fact. Back to Jeff the Wolf. He says, man, Fair. great. These guys nailed this commercial. Lots of cream, lots of sugar. He's... <laughs> <laughs> he says they nailed this commercial. Uh, they figured out to take a regular collect and redeem promotion and make it a lot of fun. Okay. So Michael says this. This is the first board that Don and I put together that we're going to present to the client. We open up. It's just a small town, white picket fence. We bring up the type and we thought, hey, let's do uh, the um, Hunt for Red October typing thing because it looks really cool. Oh, the tick, 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 tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was what my mind went to first. So, yeah, I love that. Monday morning, 7.58. We cut to our hero, and there he is. He puts on his pe Pepsi T-shirt, and then what kind of sound? Leather jacket. Shades. We cut to three kids sitting outside the school, and all of a sudden, a shadow comes over them. We hear the roaring noise. Papers are flying over the kids' desks, and there's just havoc. Bicycles are flying into the air. And what is this? We see the Harrier jet. That's the big commercial. So, of course, Pepsi loves it. They says, we got to do it. Again, they think Harrier jets are cool because True Lies came out just yeah. the year before. So Michael says, in our original mock-up, our hero doesn't look like the like somebody from Central Casting. And he was like, that was pur purposeful. He wanted the kid to be the everyman kid. And they show it, and he's kind of a tubby little kid. He says, we want the guy to have personality. They wanted it to be like the catcher from Sandlot. Okay? okay. So, yeah, he doesn't get the cheerleaders, but he gets the Harrier jet. Yeah. Okay? So they all think this is going to be amazing. Let's fast track it. Let's bet the ranch on it. Let's throw all of our money into it. And they did it. But, again... One change, and this is Michael the Drip. He said, we can't gas that kid. We don't want the underdog. Wait, we can't gas him? We can't cast that oh, kid. Oh, cast He's not pretty Sorry. enough. We don't want the underdog. Uh, so they can't go cast with, John. They, John? No, no. no we're, John's we're not in about, the commercial. We're talking about the commercial. We're talking about the, the commercial. Original Pepsi commercial. Yeah, the casting of it, the creation, the story. We can't cast the Sandlot kid. Yeah, the Sandlot-like Correct. Sandlot kid, yes. So they, they say... you right. <laughs> Hey, Bazinga. By, by the way, people say I look like... notes, too. That's me smalls. good work. I did. Good job. I did. So they cast a guy that looks kind of like Rob Lowe, but like a 13-year-old Rob Lowe. Okay. So they say he was funny, or he was good, but he wasn't funny. So the spot came out straighter. He's funny, but he's not charming. Right. He's charming, <laughs> but he's not... Sorry. Okay. Go on. Anyway, Michael says, it's a funnier commercial with the kid that I originally wanted. Uh, uh, anyway, we finished the commercial. It went on air. Let's just uh, 
the flu and shit hit the fan. No, it didn't fly. So let's get back to Mount Vincent, Antarctica. Okay. Well, we're back to no bugs. Yeah, no yes. bugs. So Todd, Todd and John, they're on the rock. You know, they're, they're, <laughs> that came out Triple wrong. Dave's on the rock sometimes too. Yep, you know? I know. I've seen you blow your nose around here. <laughs> so they're, you know, they're talking about this challenge that they're on and that, you know, they're going to be hard days. They're going to be cold days. And what, you know, you can get frostbitten up there. You can get hurt on the ice. The higher you go up, you can get altitude sickness. Same thing with Pepsi. <laughs> Excuse me. I didn't mean to. It's s- not Coca Cola. There's no spittle. cocaine involved. You can't get that high. All right. So, anyways, this is their framing of the bit, which you know it is what it is. So they say we need a lawyer. They say we need a real lawyer. So yeah. let's queue I mean, up lawyer Larry. I mean, Shands. literally, this should have been before you even send the check. We need a lawyer. Yeah. So they're going to be behind us. They they get Larry the Larry Shantz. Larry says. You want to solve a problem? You go see Chance because I don't take no prisoners. I never take no for an answer. I see the world is pink. So this oh. is the what does that like mean? I don't 90s Larry H. Parker. I, pretty much. <laughs> pretty I've, much. I've heard. I've heard. So wait, what's the expression? Paint the town red. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's from like um, High Plains Drifter. What is that you like? Burn the fucker down. I'm gonna paint uh, the town red. I never even knew that's what that meant. Yeah, I'm assuming that's what it's from. I thought he paints it was the a town. period joke. No. Okay. <laughs> no. You thought it was a period joke? Ah. We aren't painting shit. So I here's mean, my uh, point. Time period. Here's my point. What does that mean when someone says, "I see the world is pink"? Does that just means like he wants to fuck everything? I, I've never heard that Man, phrase. I've never either. Paint the uh, town anyway. pink? No, 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 no. He no. says, I see the world I is pink. I see the world is pink. Yeah. Anyway, that's Maybe Larry's just deal. Like, yeah, it's one color to me. That's, oh, and it's a bitchy color. John says, La- John says Larry reminds him um, from Vinny, from my cousin Vinny. Yeah. Um, and Your Todd, time clock is shut. Whatever. Anyway, right, sorry. Anyway. Todd right, describes the initial meeting. They bring the commercial in. And they play it, and there's a group of lawyers, Stanford lawyers, Columbia lawyers, and they go, can you play that again? And they're like, yeah, we'll play it again. And then the lawyer's like, can you play that again? Uh, no, like, oh, no. They do their 90 this, check. Like, commercial they do the 90, 90 thing check. Oh, fuck that. And then the lights Jeez. come up, and one of the lawyer goes, I don't think that's an offer. And the others are like, of course it's an offer. Look what they said. Don't you ro- know rule number 15.547 on Brown versus such and such? That constitutes an <laughs> offer. Yeah. So they're all arguing. Larry says, you're all whistling Dixie. It's a pipe dream. But there it was. The ad is so clear cut. Seven million points. Harry Jet, you saw it. And there's no disclaimer. So he wow. says, they're giving away a Harrier Jet for a goddamn Pepsi. So we're not giving up. So they draft a letter. They say, you guys made the offer. You are, your offer was accepted. You got to deliver on your promise. Per your video, we are requesting that you deliver us the Harrier Jet. We've met your requirements. Todd says, this isn't a joke. We'd like you to perform on your offer. You have our money. Act accordingly. Give me the fucking jet Give me the goddamn Give me jet. what I asked yeah. for, goddammit. Yeah. So back to July 96, John's at his parents' house. He gets a call from a reporter, and he says, uh, are you John Lennon? He says, yes. And he goes, are you the same John Lennon that Pepsi just sued in federal district court today in New York? And John's like, what? I got sued? Pepsi sues John. Okay. okay? They uh, sue him. preemptive strike. Well, they sue him and say... Uh, what about Todd? Todd's not named Todd in wrote the suit. check. Todd, Todd's smart. Todd knows what's up. Todd John didn't write the suit. check. Yeah, he wrote the check, but oh, he, he, didn't, did? he didn't put his name as the guy who was claiming. Uh-huh. John did. There you go. All right. So they and want the it. check never cleared anyway. They didn't cash this it. Yeah. Oh, right. this is correct. So okay. There's no legal anything here. So now. Todd says, we're all surprised that, you know, they sued John. 
And there should have been a phone call at least. Like, can we sit down and talk? Yep. And or so what? they've never met. No. They've never have they entertained their lawyers at all. The lawyers. No, we're nothing. gonna get there though. Okay, we haven't gone there yet. Yep. Wait, who hasn't met John and Todd? No, no. <laughs> John and Todd know Pe- each Pepsi other very well. And, Pepsi and John. Pepsi and John. Oh, Pepsi and John. Or Pepsi's lawyers. Or Pepsi's lawyers and John's lawyers. Okay, 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 okay. So mom I'm, says it was a very stressful time because they're trying to serve John papers and John's dodging them all across town and finally. Somebody, John's also in high school. Yep. Well, he's in college actually. Well, close enough. So they throw the, the they serve the papers and just leave them. On, you know the, the front porch so pepsi says they have an argument uh, that it was illegal for someone to actually buy a harrier jet and for any offer to be legitimate it has to be legal so at this point according to jeff the wolf the pepsi lawyers the bbdo lawyers the insurance company lawyers everyone's involved so it's going to be this long drawn out process so the wolf calls michael and they work on damage control and they change the ad so the original ad was for 7 million points. They changed it to 700 million points, which would be how much for the jet, Dave? Now you're talking $7 million. $70 million. Yeah. 70. Wait, how many million points? Two zeros, two extra zeros. 70. Okay. $70 million for the jet. That's how they change it. So they're like, we got to put a stop to this. So then they change it again, and they add just kidding in parentheses, even after they change it to 700 million points. Yeah. So these guys see this and they're like, we're going to win this case because they had to change the app. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're in the driver's seat. Fair. Yeah. Fair, okay. Very, fair, very fair, fair game here. Yep. It's like basically they're saying. Does it say what they're suing them for yet? Yeah. The fucking jet. They offer. No, 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 no. What, did Pepsi? what are they suing oh, John they're, they're, for? Their argument is it's not illegal for anybody to own a Harrier jet. So therefore the case is invalid. So, but. Wait, what? But what is the it's law? It's not legal? Does, you can't legally own a Harrier jet. That's what they're, that's what they're claiming. That's what Pepsi, but you Pepsi's said claiming. earlier that you can <laughs> well, that's because they, you can't have any of the warfare, this, warfare well, on it. This is Pepsi's that's argument, the Pentagon not theirs. That. Yeah. Pentagon said, okay, not and, Pepsi. Or, or, Pepsi's or not Pentagon. Joe, close Joe, enough. But. Joe Schmo at the Pentagon said right. that. Who knows? All right. No, but, they got to the top. Or, okay, they got the guy's to, name was Bacon. Yeah. Sweet Jesus. I swear to God. Okay, I don't know Mr. Bacon's first name is. We'll get to that. All right, that's a joke in the thing. They were like, I thought it was Kevin Bacon, but it's not. It's like somebody else named Bacon. So anyway, Pepsi reaches out and says, why don't we just have a settlement conference, okay? So it's been 10 months since John's seen the commercial. So John says, I got to look good for court, our settlement. So I'm going to Sears. I'm Wait, how old is John at this point in time? No, like nothing's now. changed. He's still 20. Yeah. So this is like six months down the 10 road. 10 months. Whatever. Ten, Ten months. months. Okay. Oh so my God, this child. maybe he's twenty-one. He has, hasn't even had a real fucking drink. Yet. No, no. Probably could have been a going to Nirvana concerts, puking, banging chicks. It's, Jack it's gonna be Coke. a Jack and Coke. <laughs> yeah. But a Jack and Pepsi. He goes. Ain't gonna be no Jack and Pepsi. He goes him. and buys his Van Heusen, um suit uh, that Van came Heusen. with a free tie, Ooh. and you know, in the, champagne. So so they sit down. Champagne. And Todd says these guys are like, so what do you really want? And they're like, what do you mean? We want the jet. And they're like, no, no, no. What do you really want? And John says, I was pretty clear what I want. I said, I want what you offered. And Larry said, they said, you really believe we meant this? I said, yeah, of course you meant it. Here's your video. Here's what you said. Here's exactly what the instructions were. And here's what we did. Todd says, we didn't put you in this situation. You put yourself in this situation. Pepsi said, it's a Harrier jet. It's used for military purposes. (laughs) 
Todd says, he said, what's the purpose of that smarmy look on your face? <laughs> oh, God, it's a he said, he said. <laughs> Larry said, I think it's false advertising. Oh, ad hominem attacks, I see. Yes. <laughs> Larry says it's false advertising, and as a result, you need to pony up. So they're going back and forth, and then lo and behold, they allude to the fact that they might be able to work on settling. So the Pepsi lawyer writes a number down on a piece of paper, <laughs> folds the piece of paper, piece of shit. passes oh, it over to him. What do you think's written on that piece of paper? A oh, number. Okay. Yep. What do you think the number is? I'm gonna go with like seven. Would you? Would we start with seven hundred thousand? I'm gonna go seven hundred thousand. Dave, what's your? I'm guess? gonna go one point five mil. Your uh, Carling wins seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yes. But okay, they're willing so to go up to a million if necessary. Why the fuck okay, would okay. you ever say okay, that? First Just of all, stick with your original. First of all. First yeah. of all. If you're saying you're going up to a million, you're going to you're going to five. You're going to three. You're going to go to three million. Hold on here. <laughs> so now their offer was so they've never they've never cashed the seven hundred thousand dollar check. Correct. What they're gonna offer is a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar check. Cash that point, check and then go pick at it back this point, You are twenty years old, Chris, and I'm gonna ask yep. you the same thing. You're twenty years old. Yep. Do you take that seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars? If you're it's you, funny you should ask. Now here's the thing. There's investors in this. So John's leading the charge, oh, shit, but okay. there's investors behind this. Now, in the doc, they only say that John or Todd was the investor. But I did more research, and I found out there were five investors that oh. pulled this money together. So who knows how much he was Game actually going to get. Changed. Now, let me put it to you this way. If I'm... This is starting to seem like some kind of... Yeah. Other... Da is DARPA involved? No, okay. but I'm I'm thinking this You're kid was a patsy. MK Ultra. MK kid was a patsy, maybe. <laughs> okay, so the Wait, point what's is. What does that mean? Oh, we'll, I'll, we'll go. We'll continue. Okay, we'll get there. Okay, so the point is, if I'm that kid, yes, I'm taking the money because I'm 20 years old, and even if I only walk away with 150 thousand dollars. That's enough for me to do a lot with my yeah. life with. Yeah, because now if you're, let's yeah. just say, let's just say you're gonna have to give Todd some money. Yeah, you give Todd most of that money. Yep. Because he put up that seven hundred thousand dollars. Yep. So you say, let's just say, you give him five hundred thousand. You Wait. take home two hundred thousand. Pretty good payday. No way, bullshit. If this kid is climbing fucking K two at twenty years old, there's no way he's taking seven hundred thousand because that's what it costs to go fucking climb K yeah, two. She's kind of she's right. This no guy's, way. He's like, I no, don't know if he well, K well, the kid go. went for it. I mean, obviously, he's like, go. no, no, obviously. I mean, the kid's a, a crazy rock climber. No so way. He took seven hundred twenty-five thousand. Okay. So yeah. So here's the thing. This wouldn't be a documentary if we took it. Right. So anyway. Larry, we're only on episode two, so yeah, let's we, be real. We're, he did not take it. <laughs> we got to plow through. So anyway, they decline the offer. Okay? They go out in the hallway. They discuss the decline. His mom kid. says, you should have taken the money. I would have if, if I'd been in that situation. Um, the people, The people at Pepsi were like, I would have taken that money right there. Michael, of course, of course has, they are. Michael has an opinion on it. He says, let's face it. He's a young kid. I would have told him to take the cash, uh, but then he's gonna pay taxes on that. Yeah. I I don't think the million dollar split was enough. Wait, I thought you don't pay taxes on the money you get from a lawsuit. No, you gotta pay taxes. Oh. You gotta pay taxes on everything. It yeah. depends if it's. It depends on the lawsuit. You could sell drugs illegally and pay taxes on it, and you probably won't go to jail for IRS fraud. Okay, John's point is this. <laughs> just put it that way. Yeah, John okay. says, okay. my point is this. I did so the I'm math. I'm not going to lose money in my lawsuit. No. <laughs> he kidding. says, I did the math. You're offering me essentially a 30th of what it's worth. I'm going to pass. Yeah. Okay? Smart. Johnny wants a jet. 
Okay, the suits are like, are you kidding? And they're like, yeah. no, I want the goddamn jet. Yeah. So then well, John says... He doesn't even mention ever that he wants or $30 million. No, right? They just said, I want the jet. So okay. anyway, um, they're, they're feeling outgunned, and now they need an aggressive bulldog to help them out. Any guesses on who they bring in to help them out? Larry H. Parker. <laughs> wow. Accidentes, deuce, 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 Larry deuce, H. Deuce. Parker, or I mean, the other one would be Johnny Cochran. No, you're forgetting about oh. the other guy. Who's the guy that represented OJ? Kardashians. Jo oh, yeah, Kardashian was well, one. Yeah, you can't forget about the guy Fuck, what's his that's name? on 570 all the time around here. Wow, 570. Uh, anyway. Oh, Mar oh. You talking about AM five? Jacob and Ronnie. Yeah, oh. yeah. That's right. Jacob. And I thought. Ronnie, I thought. Just so you know, Jacob. Just so you know, it's not Jacob and Ronnie. No, I know that. I it's thought it was Jacob, Jacob and, and Ronnie. Ronnie. Right. No, because you guys are goys. Oh, right. excuse me. Okay. Sorry, with my goyness. Or okay. as Armenians would say, Odars. All right. So here's the big reveal. The guy's head pops up. He's a bald guy, and he says, "Plot twist," and it's Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Okay. Do you know who Michael Avenatti yeah, is? is I do guy? not. It's lost okay. on me. Michael Avenatti, the guy that represented Stormy Daniels during the Trump thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's yes. Michael Avenatti. Now, yes, he probably lost that one too, though. Okay, keep in mind, at the oh. time, Michael Avenatti is just a couple years older than John. So let me give you a brief Wait, so history. He's like 23, 21, 24, 26, 26. Yeah. 26. Not even a lawyer at the time. So. Oh. So he's Wait, still what? Wait, what, what? what? He what? wasn't even a lawyer at the time. Hold oh, the phone. Who yeah. is he representing as a non-lawyer? He wasn't a non-lawyer. So here's the thing. Larry knew a girl named Muffy in San Francisco. Wait, Larry H. Parker? No, Muffy Larry, Muffy. our lawyer. <laughs> the voice Who's is lawyer? lawyer. My lawyer? No. Your lawyer. <laughs> the lawyer, Todd's lawyer, and John's lawyer, Larry. He Larry knows a girl. H. Parker, Todd's lawyer. He knows a girl named Muffy in San Francisco. And Muffy's so, not related to Stormy. No. This is 1995. Um, you lost on me. Stormy was around in 1995. Let's. Uh, I'm sure she here. was. Oh, She's yes. probably she 15. She was only 12. Okay. But it's cool. Oh, the wow. point is this. They Gross. find Michael Avenatti through Larry's contact in San Francisco named Muffy. Now, at the time, he's doing political opposition Wait, research. Wait, a man's named Muffy? Not a I, woman? They didn't clarify. I didn't ask. So let me just give you a little background on Avenatti for those that are listening and don't know. As recently as June 2nd of this year, 2022, he was sentenced to four years in prison for the book Proceeds Theft from Stormy Daniels. Okay? So he's in jail right now. So during what? Yeah. Even though the story's true. Yeah, of course. He's not in jail for this shit. He's in jail for the shit he did with Trump and for the Nike stuff. So Oh, wait, I thought you were saying Stormy Daniels' lawyer. Yeah. Not Trump's lawyer. Yeah. Stormy Daniels' lawyer is Michael Avenatti. Why'd he go to jail? Because he ripped off Stormy Daniels and he, and he tried to extort Nike. Oh, I forgot about all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay, so that's the whole point. He wasn't... My bad. He didn't even know Stormy Daniels back then. No, okay? she didn't exist. He was, just, he was just a regular lawyer, okay? So we don't need to do Michael Avenatti's history. All you need to know is who he is. So that is how episode two ends, Okay. So before we begin episode three, I'd like you all to look down at the red cups that have been provided. For yes, you. I we see are the red going cups. to take our own 
Pepsi versus Coke challenge. Correct. Wow, man. Now you do you know how to do these things? Yes, big. you do. You well, know how to do a podcast. Somebody one can of each. Holy <laughs> I know, shit! I went big. I went big. Well, here's the thing. You, I, you came up to me like you're gonna sneak me a sack or something. Like you're like, yeah. hey, take a look at this thing. You're like, oh, look what I got. Excited. Well, there's more than that. Oh, I actually shit. nothing but Pepsi. I actually put cocaine in the Coca Cola so we could experience excited. it Let's the go. way it was supposed to be experienced. Original Coca Cola. Okay, so, anyway, so then what is that I snorted in the bathroom? <laughs> Oh, that's, that's Donnie Drywall. Soda. Oh, shit. All right. So, Carling, why don't you start? And again, we're not going to swish it around in our mouths for three minutes. We're going to get this over, get it on with our lives, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. I've already said that 100%. I mean, I want to do a sniff. Do a sniff. Get in there. I'm just saying I 100% mm-hmm. guarantee yeah. that I will get this correct. I feel confident as well. I can 100% guarantee that I will not know the difference between I, the I two. I can 100% guarantee you this is going to take forever unless you get that stuff down your gullet. It's so let's good. see what happens. It's so, so gross. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> okay. 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 Right, there's that right, one. That taste, huh? Yep. Ooh, how, rate that one. Rate that one. No, no rating. No rating. It's, it's just okay. Pepsi or it's no, Coke. No. It no, tastes no. like dirty sugar water. Okay. And the next sugar one. Water. Hold on. Let me just... Oh yeah, yeah. By the way, for those that are listening, she's cleansing her palate with a Sierra Nevada beer. Yeah, pale ale. Sierra Nevada pale ale, right. best beer ever. Yep. Yeah, dull those okay. tongue the senses. Has been cleansed. Okay, day 19. We got a show to do here. <laughs> if you had to guess, what would you think? Pepsi Cola. Pepsi Cola. <laughs> you are correct. Oh. Ah, no way I yep. got that right. Yeah. Yep. Was it a blind guess, would you say? Yep. Oh. Was it a good old Helen Keller right. try? Okay, here we go. Let's try this real good. I can't believe I got that right. That's amazing. I think I'll attempt to do this by only drinking one of them. Okay. I gotta down that soda. Okay, what's that? One hundred percent is Pepsi. You are correct. Yeah. All right. I think Shit. I can do this with just drinking one myself. Here we go. Oh yeah, I can taste the Coke. This How is pe- do you tell this is the Pepsi. difference? This has got to be Pepsi. And is for Pepsi? those of you who are wondering, yes, it is. For those of you who are wondering, Chris switched the. The, the bottom of the cup. So the ones that say P are actually Coke. the Coke, and the ones that say C are In actually In case we Pepsi. had some cheaters. In case we had a che- 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 cheater. All right. I am. Uh, well, I mean, I had a 50-50% chance that I'd get it right. Well, you know <laughs> what? It's time to get back to uh, Antarctica and get back on the mountain, because oh, guess we're what? we Mount Vincent. We're back on Mount Vincent. Todd are gearing up for their ascent of Mount Vincent on Antarctica. Todd says, my heart is still brave and strong, but my body is not the same as it was. So this is going to be a real challenge for me. I have too much in my duffel bag. John says, when Todd and I first met, he was coming out of something. He had a brain tumor. Now, fast forward to 2021, and unfortunately, Todd's going back into something. Uh, Cancer's back. No. Yep. The tumor. Yep. Oh, I forgot about Todd's. Yep. So Todd says, before I left to Antarctica, I got diagnosed with another aggressive cancer. The doctors that I spoke to, you know, they would have preferred if I stayed behind and, you know, had an operation to remove some of this stuff. And I said to these doctors, but I'm going to Antarctica. I can't have this operation. They were like, no, 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 no. This is not a wait and see thing. You got to get this done. And he's like, what kind of cancers have he had? It's in his brain. Don't you remember from episode one? The bloody bloody bandages. There we go. Yes. He was in the trough. Is it still a brain tumor? Uh, I, they don't get into it. They don't get into it. But the whole point is, it's he the says, Pepsi. <laughs> the whole point is, he says, I'm going to Antarctica. So now they're at uh, day three, low camp to high camp. What does that mean, Carly? Oh, transition point from low to high. So when you do these big giant hikes, you often have to hike up to a lower elevation mm-hmm. 
And then to train yourself, you hike up to a higher elevation and then come back down. Mm. Oh, okay. And you do these consistently over multiple days to build up your acclimation to okay. go way high. Got it. Well, Todd says, I'm not scared. Uh, I, Very a, similar to what uh, wood layers do when they're uh, acclimating wood. It's got to sit in your house for a couple of days. Oh, it's wood takes That's a long time thing. to set. Yeah. Yeah. Acclimate, wood acclimating. Yeah. So uh, anyway, Todd says it's a calculated gamble. Um, I mean, I'll go back. I'll either be, you know, the idiot or the hero or both, but I'm not averse to risk. And I do think I'm a risk taker. Oh my God. He's putting so many people at risk when he hikes that mountain. I never hold, thought about that. Hold on. That's a good idea. Hold on. That's I got to back point. this up. He says, and I do think I'm a risk taker. Just like the Pepsi deal. Yes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we don't have the Herkimer jets they're, to drive They're going. Herkimeyer. What's Harry? Her Harry. 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 Harrier. Harrier Sorry. styles. So he says, eventually. just like in the Pepsi deal, John brought this thing to me. I loved it. We figured out something together, and we're going for that Harrier jet. Okay. So Larry H. Parker, he says, we respected his decision. He said, I want to go for broke, yes. but we realize it's going to be a tough battle. So cue Michael Avenatti, who we discussed at the, oh. be, you know, briefly, Stormy. We know what he did with Stormy Daniels. He's in jail right now. Now, during this thing, they interviewed him. He was under house arrest. He hadn't got thrown in the shit can yet. Not yet. Not yet. Avenatti says, I've represented a lot of clients, over a billion dollars in verdicts and settlements. Obviously, that number would be a lot higher had he not stole from all of his sure. clients. Wait, did he say verdicts and settlements? Uh-huh. So it's not one or the other. Uh, no, there's two different things. You can win a verdict. Okay. You can. Or you can he settle. Hasn't, like, or you can settle out of court. Billions of dollars in settlements. It is It's one. a combined. Okay, yeah. got it. So... But now he says, but now I'm in the lowest point in my life. So Avenatti, he looks at the screen. He says, all these people, they hate me. These fucking haters are like, what the fuck is Avenatti being on this for? <laughs> he always interjects himself into anything. Well, I got news for you. 24 years ago, I threw in with the kid because I thought we could get the jet. Oh, yeah. another investor. <laughs> no, he was the fucking he was snooper. The he was like the, yeah. He was the, uh, uh, the, the guy that went in to get the dirt. On Pepsi, political opposition, dirty trickster. Wait, wow. what? Where did I miss that? You just being you. The mole, the plant. <laughs> I've he, missed it all. He's the guy that gets the dirty evidence. He's not a lawyer like he is now with Stormy Daniels or Nike. He, at the time, he was just in political opposition research. The guys wow. to go out and find. The I'm dirt. still stuck on the verdicts and. I know you are. Well, but it's, it's like okay. saying but like, it's every okay. time I go in and buy a lotto ticket, I spent $3, so I lost the $3. But every time I win the lotto or my scratchers or whatever, I win all he's saying, 10. All he's so saying, it's like I've won 13. It's actually nothing like that at all. What he's saying is this. He said, with all the lawyering I've done, I've brought in over a billion dollars for my clients. Uh, okay. That's all you need all to right, know. Whatever. It's fucking false advertising. <laughs> yes, Sue this motherfucker. Okay. Let's go back to 1997, two years since John originally saw the commercial. So Avenatti says in 97, out of the blue, I got called from a friend of mine who I worked in with the political arena. And she said, there's this crazy case involving this kid from Seattle collecting Pepsi points, trying to get a Harrier jet and they're not getting anywhere. So you want to see what you can do? Will you meet with them? And he said, sounds crazy, but sure, I'm in. So Avenatti, he goes and meets Larry in South Beach. And this is when he meets Todd as well. And he kind of doesn't like Todd. And he says... You know, I'm trying to think of an actor who could play Todd Hoffman. You know, big ego, never shy about acting like he's the smartest guy in the room. That kind of guy. And then he goes, 
oh, I know. What's the worst movie that Al Pacino was in? Well, that would be Todd Hoffman. And then they randomly show uh, Al Pacino. No, they show Al Pacino in a movie, and Al Pacino just says, I can smell horny across an ocean. And I'm like, a freaking what? Harrier jet. <laughs> I'm like, who snuck that into this? So, it, but it's kind of like, it's kind of a backhanded, I mean, it's a weird way to diss somebody. It's like, you know, Dave, you're like Barbara Streisand in her worst movie, Yentl. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't get it. Yeah. So, anyway, Todd says, Michael was in charge. He's smart, engaging personality, but I always knew he was slippery. I always knew he was a sleazy guy. Avenatti says, make no mistake, make no mistake about it. Todd was a very shrewd guy. He was all about the dollars and cents. And it was always about at the end of the day, Todd Hoffman. So you already know Avenatti and Hoffman didn't click very well. So Todd says, I know some people who that are wonderful people and they have pathological illnesses. And his bad side to me is a bad side. Okay. I mean, you are a 40 year old dude hanging out with the 20 year old all day, going to the crazy mountains. Climbing mountains where it's only yeah. the two of you. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know how it works. I've never been up uh, on a pitch. Yeah. All right. So anyway, Avenatti says... I wish I'm, I could quit you. <laughs> <laughs> is that how it is in those tents after seven days? It yeah. really is. All right. Well, Avenatti says, I was only 26. Um, I'd had a career in political opposi- opposition, research, and media uh, relations, all while attending uh, law school at night. So he says he's got the right skill set for this kind of work. Knowledge of the law, knowledge of the media, and very good research skills. So he says, I can remember finding something on three or four pretty well-known politicians and thinking at the time, you know, I wonder what steakhouse they're eating at right now and whether they know that I just ended their fucking political careers. (laughs) Real grease ball shit. Yeah, grease. So then then they show this random picture that that is like a, a... um, we're assuming Avenatti owns, and it's a picture of Epstein and Trump, and it's circled in red. And then underneath it, it just says "revisit." Like, <gasps> come what? back to this when you need it to wow. fuck somebody over. Yeah. Really? And so, this is before Trump. Yeah, way before Avenatti. Did, so he knew dirt. He was yeah, dirt monger. Dirt bag. Yeah, can you imagine what that guy's got in his closet? You know, I mean, he just got four years in prison. He'll probably be out in two or whatever, but. So Avenatti says, it becomes clear to me at that time that they're highly unlikely to win this case in a court of law. There had been a number of strategic mistakes from a litigation standpoint that even I, as a law student at the time, realized. You had Larry Shantz. I mean, you know, he's a nice guy, smart bank, corruptcy lawyer, but he has no fucking business in a case like this. He's going to get outmaneuvered in the filing of the case because they had threatened Pepsi and Pepsi jumped them and filed in New York. Mm -hmm. They were able to sue John in their backyard, namely the Southern District of New York, that Pepsi knew would be more friendly to their arguments. We were going to have to bring public pressure to bear on John Leonard's behalf. You know, by the way of some aggressive public relations action, a full court press with the media. I told them, we're going to kick Pepsi's ass and all of their lawyers and all of their media types, and we're going to outplay them at their own game. Okay? Oh, yeah. So he's getting on the offensive. Tell him. Yeah. He's going to get dirty. We're getting coke behind us if he we said, need to. Got yeah. this. <laughs> he says we're dealing with potentially bringing down one of the world's biggest corporations. <laughs> oh. With all their ad executives, all the billions of dollars behind it, okay? He had the opportunity to bring these sons of bitches to their knees, and I wanted to be right there with him. 
sons of bitches. So remember old Michael Dutrep. He's yep. Michael oh. Avenatti. Michael Stark. Michael. Knowing, Michael. Knowing, Mikey Propofols. Knowing what we know about him, he wouldn't it's clearly have, impropofol. He yeah. wouldn't have been my propofol. first first choice. He wouldn't have been my uh, my third choice. Uh, fourth choice or whatever, and then he just says, "Not, not really, no." Nah, uh, nah. Any <laughs> so, excitement in the uh, voice? This guy. So, love, Larry, love being there. Larry H. Parker says, "I don't so know." Wait, if okay, this this Popethal yeah. guy. Yeah, what is his actual? He's role the creative or? director who created the ad. But they're interviewing him. He's the him. one and that brought up the idea of, of the, putting the okay. Herkemeyer jet, yeah, yeah, Herkemeyer, yeah. whatever it's called. So, Harry yes. Meyer. Yes. So the but so he doesn't actually work for Pepsi. No, he's creative. Yeah. He's out. But he, he's so like he he's like a contractor. Pepsi as a creative. It's a contractor. He's a contractor. Yeah. Okay. It's a little yeah. different. Yeah. But keep in okay, mind, fair. Yeah. Fair he fair. worked his entire life with all these famous people. Sure, and sure, if you sure, Google sure, him, sure, this sure. is what you're gonna find. He doesn't like that. That's what he starts off with. He starts off with how many famous people he knows, right? Yes. Yeah. Name dropper. So let's get back to Larry. Larry says, I don't know if he's a fraud, uh, but I think he is. Uh, I think he steps over the line a little. That's the, uh, look, I'm trying to be nice on camera. I think he steps over the line as a human being. <laughs> so Avenatti, he says, hey, they have to rely predominantly on free media, meaning the press just running with the story and talking about John's case for free. That's what we have to do. So John's phone starts ringing, Okay. And uh, reporters are calling by, you know, they're like... Wait, how old is John now? Like 22? No, he's still just calling 21. This whole thing happens like a year, year and a half. He's not going to turn... It's span of a year? A year and a half. Here's the thing. He's not going to turn 30 unless I tell you. Oh, okay? Yeah. <laughs> he's still just going to be this guy. 25 and 21 nope. are very different. No, no, no. He's so still just 21. He's 21. Okay, okay. Okay. So anyway, people are calling him up. Radio stations are calling him up. You know, uh, Avenatti says, I'm trying to package this as David versus Goliath. He says, I want to utilize John, who was incredibly genuine and very likable. So calls are coming in nonstop, radio nonstop. And then um, uh, this is, uh, he, he gets a call from a guy and uh, he says, so what are you going to do? You're not going to give up on giving the jet? And he says, no, what do I have to lose? I'm going to keep going for this. So according to Avenatti, we wanted to convince people that Pepsi, in the interest of profits, was disregarding people like John Leonard, the same people they were targeting, okay? Reporter comes in with a great line. He says, a college student says his dreams of a Harrier jet have been grounded. Oh, gosh. (laughs) He's on Extra. He goes on CBS. Dan Rather calls his mom. Yeah, everywhere where Coke advertises and Pepsi doesn't, basically. Todd says grounded. Todd says he was the Pepsi poster boy. And, you know, John says, I love Pepsi stuff, you know. uh, Except for it's shit. uh, I mean, I think it's shit compared to Coke, but. You know, he's trying to put a, a PR spin on it. But he's like, I like these guys. He's like, it's give me my truth. Harrier jet, dude. So according to Avenatti, he says, Pepsi shit in their pants. You know, he says, are we going to owe this kid a Harrier jet? So then they bring in the one of the suits and they get Pepsi's reaction on one of the cable network news. His name's John Harris. And John's like, hi, Jody. Hi, Urban. <laughs> Millions of people saw the spot and laughed. And Mr. Leonard hired a stable of lawyers, business advisors, and pardon the pun, it pardon the pun, it just doesn't fly with us. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> so he actually went to that line twice in the dock, and I just couldn't get it out <laughs> twice. So his whole thing is Harris missed uh, Harris says Leonard missed the point. Okay. He's like, the, it was a fucking joke. 
You know, yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. knew it was a joke. Right. All right. Now, what's your do you how do you feel about this? Are well, you like I'll tell in you the at the end. Okay, I'll tell good. you at the end. Okay. Um, but is it a joke? Because they don't say it's a joke. Like I'll they tell did you in the, the commercials end. after. I'll tell you at the end. All right, anyway, sorry. so Harris says Mr. Leonard saw the spot, hired business advisors and lawyers, and decided to take legal action. Now, Jeff the Wolf says. When I found out there was a law firm involved, it became pretty clear that this was another attempt to squeeze money out of a big company. All right? So the reporter says, they say you're trying to shake them down for money. And John says, let me be clear. They made me an offer, and I'm not the bad guy, and now they're making me into the bad guy, and I don't know why. So people, Why doesn't he talk about how much money he spent? Well, Because that's not what he said. He just didn't do that. But he's got another thing. And Why didn't he be like, I spent $700,000 on this shit? <laughs> well, because technically he didn't. Because it's shit. Okay. Well, yeah, they never cashed the check out. So they technically never spent any money on it. Fair. All right. So but they're he getting, still spent the money. They're getting called ambulance Maybe. chasers. All right. Right. This this does not make it's John not in the Todd spirit of the game. Happy. And Todd says, look, I hate to even say that we're not ambulance chasers because that almost dignifies their statement. Now, John says this is also the time when the McDonald's hot coffee, uh, hot coffee incident uh, came up. Uh, so they're being compared to that 81-year-old woman who got $2.9 because she burned her lip. That's right? not $32 million, though. They're not trying to get 32. Well, they're trying to get a fucking jet. They're trying to get 32 million. He wants wants a fucking jet. All right. Anyway, Todd says he went to all his family and friends. He wants to fly to fucking baseball. They're all saying the same thing. Good for you. Go get it. Okay. Todd says, at the very least, the ad was misleading. They knew what they were doing. It's attainable, but it's not out of people's reach. But it is attainable, but it's kind of close enough. Okay. So Michael says... There's no offer in the catalog. The jet does not appear in the catalog. Okay. I'm looking at the catalog. There's no jet in the catalog. But they wrote the catalog. They wrote it in. And Mm -hmm. he's like, he's like, this is wasting my time. He's like, I want this to go away. I need to be creative. Okay. I need (laughs) to be creative and I don't want to be dealing with this. Why are they so focused on him and not the lawyers of all this? They will be. They will be. We're going to get to more lawyering. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Okay. So Todd says... I think people took the ad seriously. And my feeling was that this is how ad agencies manipulate young kids. Kids are going through the aisle and there's Coke or Pepsi and it's mom. I want Pepsi because I can win a Harrier jet. So Jeff, the wolf says I raised two kids of my own. And from five age five, they would have known the Harrier jet wasn't a real offer. Okay. Well, Avenatti says the kid in the Harrier jet, he's a kid. And there's kids throughout this ad. It's all geared towards kids, and it was designed to entice kids to convince their parents to buy Pepsi. Wait, that's BS. Because every time I saw a commercial, I believed everything that was in those commercials. Did you guys not? Well, some people did. Apparently, that's their case. So anyway, John's trying to get on David Letterman to pitch his case. But Pepsi gets to David Letterman uh, because they're a sponsor, Letterman. and they won't let him on. You schmuck. Yep. So, so he goes to Jay Leno. All right, guy, we're going to have the Pepsi hey, guy on. Hey, hey, guy. Hey, here's the kid for Pepsi. Hey, the All right. So anyway, Avenatti then says, then lo and behold, out of the blue, the spokesperson from the Pentagon, Kenneth Bacon, was asked whether a civilian could actually own back. a Harrier wow, jet. Bacon's back in the bit. Okay. Mm. So Wait, what was his name? I told you, Kenneth Bacon, not Kenneth. Kevin. Kenneth. Kenneth. All right. Close not enough. Kevin. Okay. Kenneth. Well, here's the thing. They have a reporter asking Kenneth Bacon. Okay, if they can own a hair, if a civilian can own a Harrier jet, and they say, Pentagon officials say the Harrier that Harrier jets have not been demilitarized, so it can't be sold to the public. 
So it's not even an option mm. to get them demilitarized. No, flip flopping. I mean, that would make sense. That's what we need to assume. I Let think, me send out some sodas to the troops and then we'll make <laughs> things work. Right. There you go. So uh, John's mom, Linda, even has a theory that Pepsi went after John while he was climbing in the mountains and says, I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure that they screwed with his oxygen tanks at high altitude. And then they do a flashback and they show a guy that's in a blue suit, like blue man group. Oh my God. And he walks into a tent and he like, <laughs> takes the Some oxygen. Star Wars ass shit. Takes the oxygen out of one yeah, of his tanks. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so, but, but if you're yeah. hiking a big mountain like that, your guide is going to check them before you go up the mountain. Uh, right, right. But I'm just saying. <laughs> this is why it can't be proven, I think. It's, for, it's just a theory. Yeah. It's a okay. conspiracy Putting theory. That out conspiracy there. theory. No guy in a blue skin tight suit walked up the mountain. <laughs> and but also when you're climbing a mountain in a third world country, you're easily paid off. But yeah, we, yeah. we don't know if it was the, the third world country. All right. So anyway. One of the Linda, Linda says, I mean, I wouldn't pa- put it past sharpest. him. And then she even says, can I get sued for liable? Libel for saying this. So anyway, John's phone rings one day, uh, and it's a guy, a mysterious guy, okay. and he claims to be an arms dealer <laughs> or and aircraft broker. <laughs> and he starts telling him, "I can get you a Harrier jet, and I can get you fucking." Air. And I do clandestine for things with them. Seven hundred thousand dollars. Well, this guy, Victor Miller, claims he's from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Victor tells him the story that he had been hired by Pepsi's advertising agency's insurance company to find and acquire a Harrier jet. Holy shit. No. Yeah. And so that, covering all their corners. And that he's received 250000 for the first right of refusal on this Harrier jet that he had in his possession. So Avnadi says, if we could show actually that he had had a Harrier jet, then that completely destroys the argument that the reason they couldn't make good to John was because the Pentagon... And the DOD says that a civilian can't own a Harrier jet. So Todd says, I need proof. So he faxes him a wire transfer uh, sheet. It had the insurance company logo on it. It had first right of refusal for the Harrier jet. And then it had 250000 on it. He says it looked legit. So I had a lot of interest in how Victor got the jet. And we got to figure this out. So what they have to do is get to Victor to find out if this is legit. So John says that Victor claimed he smuggled the jet in and there was a bunch of shenanigans involved. And he says, this is where it turns into like a Tom Clancy (coughs) novel. So Todd says to me, you know, sometimes I hear something and I get a beat on it. And the beat on this one was that it's a bunch of bullshit. And I remember telling John, I'm not getting involved with these guys. We're not going that way. I don't know who they are, who they represent. For all I know, they could be Pepsi and they're trying to suck us into something. Okay, so then they flash to somewhere in the middle of the country and they're doing a meeting with Victor. Mm. Avenatti, he says, we walk in and on an excitement level between one to 10, John's at a 97. He says, this is the biggest moment of John's life. And John says, he starts telling us about how he specialized in finding rare and unique aircrafts. So he's getting excited. He's like, what if there's some there there? So it's possible in the light of the lawsuit, if Pepsi didn't have the availability of a jet, they were going to go looking for one. That's their whole theory on this. So, so that's a change in the lawsuit. Then. Like, like no, they, they're trying to obtain one so that they can prove that they can own one. 
Is that what you're trying to say? There, it could be a number of reasons. It could okay. be they need to get the jet to buy it from Victor and give it to John or prove that it is either illegal or illegal to own a jet. But mm. keep in mind, Victor's a shady character. Okay. okay. Got it. I'm confused. So Avenatti, just stay confused. So Avenatti shows up. Okay. I feel like we we're going to figure out everything in the end. Yeah. I, I, I imagine so. It's all going to come together. The resolution. <laughs> Avenatti and John go down there and Victor says, voila. Ah. And he shows them a three day old shrimp ladder. Okay. Shrimp ladder. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Three day, why? Distinctly three-day-old? They said it looked like it had been around for three days. They're trying to broker a deal for the plane, but there's no fucking plane. Okay? So, Jeff, the wolf, says, to me, the idea of someone at Pepsi or BBDO was out shopping for a Harrier jet was so inconceivable and still is that I can't put any credence to it. Okay? So, John says, it was a bus, no Harrier jet, bad shrimp, and <laughs> this point, Avenatti's pissed at Hoffman because he's making John um, and him, uh, uh, John and Avenatti sleep in the same hotel room. And this oh. is like so not no good jet, enough. No jet, no shrimp, same hotel room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Life fucking sucks. Planes, trains, and automobiles. And two queens, I hope. <laughs> two queens. No, two queen it's one king yeah. to share know. and it's a smoking room. All I've right? been there before. Okay. So. Avenatti says, we got to come up with a new plan and we need the court of public opinion on our side. So he decides that he needs to run an ad campaign that helps John's cause. So Todd says, I don't have a great education. I don't have a college education, but look up blackmail. And I would say that that fits the description of what Michael Avenatti was trying to do. He was basically saying, if you don't do this, we're going to do this. All right. Todd says, I'm not in that game, all right? Avenatti says, John believed as I believed that this was going to go off the cliff and there wasn't going to be anything else to come out of it unless we switch to my strategy. Right. So at this point, Todd and John are having a little bit of a rift, right. all right? Todd says, I don't like that shit. I don't want to touch that shit because you touch shit, you smell like shit, <laughs> and I don't want to smell like shit, so good luck. So, After he's showed a hotel room with someone else. No, that's Todd. He was paying for the hotel rooms. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Sorry. My bad. So anyway, Avenatti, he goes under deep research. He's going to the libraries. He's finding out dirt on Pepsi, and he realized this isn't their first promotional scandal. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. oh shit. So oh. the first thing he learned was that they had run a promotion, the exact same one in Canada, but there was one huge difference there was a disclaimer at the end of the ad oh, relating to the unavailability of the Harrier jet. Wow. So he says, why oh. would Pepsi run an ad in Canada Did with a disclaimer? Did they run it before or after the before. ad here in the States? Before. So why did they put a disclaimer on that one and not this one? We're going to tell you. You just got to be patient. Be faster. All right, Chris. I'm excited. <laughs> He's literally in the middle of telling you. I need you these I, details. <laughs> He's literally in the middle of telling you. So, <laughs> so he says, why would they remove the disclaimer? <laughs> So as soon as he found out that they had placed a disclaimer in Canada, he's convinced it wasn't an accident. He says, I was convinced that if you ultimately got to the people that actually put this thing together, if you could get them to talk, they would actually tell you the truth. Yeah, we wanted people to believe that they could get the jet. 
The second critical thing I learned when I was researching was I discovered that Pepsi had a history of problems with promotions gone awry. Wow. With the most prominent one being this scandal in the Philippines called Numbers Fever. Oh, shit. Tell me about this now. (laughs) Okay. So you see a woman in the Philippines, and it's very poor where she's at. And she says... If it was advertised on TV, surely it's true. I'm not going to do Philippine voices. Okay, no, it's okay. Another man says they scammed us. And then it's a... They scammed us. There were riots <laughs> and people died. What? That's how episode three <laughs> Wow. Ends. Yep. You Is guys... there a Herkimer in this one? Okay, episode four, titled Landing the Plane. So we open up on the Philippines in the present day. And we have an interviewer uh, asking uh, a Filipino person, do you have any anger towards Pepsi? And a woman says, I was really angry. Why did they put out something that wasn't true? Now, she holds up a bottle cap with the number 349 on it. Another man is interviewed. He says, hope for nothing. I regret it terribly. Another woman, trust with the company is lost. Now, John says, Michael did what he did what he does best. He went digging for more dirt, trying to find a soft spot that he thought he could capitalize on and really paint them in a bad light. He mentioned the campaign they had in the Philippines that was an absolute disaster, and he uncovered a real bombshell. Oh, boy. Uh All right. Let's get in the time machine, go back to 1992. Oh, shit. Okay. I was... Dave does this every episode. <laughs> Don't worry. It's not your timeline. It's, it's my their, timeline. It's okay. Their it's timeline. mine. Just wait till they get to the place to the time before you were even born. It blows your right. mind. Oh, shit. So back We've then, quite a few. Coke owned the Philippines market. Coke in the morning. Coke at the movies. Coke at every family occasion. They had 75% market share. So Pepsi's was very, very smaller. So they came up with a campaign called Pepsi Number Fever. So they show the commercial and it's like, here's something new from Pepsi. Buy any Pepsi product. Look under their caps or crowns. You can win, 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 win. And it's one of those crazy commercials. Uh, So basically the pitch was if you collected bottle caps and if you got three numbers that, you know, they drew, you would get this amount. So was this like the Snapple thing where like you get the little joke? No, Snapple just tells a story or a little tidbit about the day. This is a contest. But you like win things under the Pepsi cap. What? You win something like a piece of advice? I don't know, like a Herkimer jet. No, no, nothing like that. So you can win 100 pesos. You can win 500 pesos. But the main prize was 1 million pesos. Now, in 1992, 1 million pesos was about 40 grand. Wow. So they interview another man. He says that amount could change your life if you got lucky enough to get it. So... Uh, they promote these and say, you could be a millionaire, a millionaire, a millionaire, which I guess for them is a 40,000 air in oh, US yeah. dollars. <laughs> but, you know, that's the whole thing. A million pesos sure. is 40 grand. So uh, the interviewer says, you know, goes around to people are like, so how much Buys Pepsi? a lot of sandals. How, how much Pepsi did you buy? And people are like, oh, I drink it every day, five, six times a day. Oh, boy. Uh, how many times? Well, they can't drink the water, so you don't know. That's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, another person's like three times a day. I'd buy three bottles a day. 
Um, you know, and then this other guy, this other guy's like, I'd go to the garbage dump and try to find bottle caps like that. Much (laughs) like my buddy. So it is like the Snapple caps. No, it's not like the Snapple caps. It's a joke on the Snapple cap. It's a million dollars on the Pepsi cap. What's the Snapple cap? Because I don't know what the Snapple cap thing is. I don't know. Look left. You'll find something funny. That's what it says. Right. But that's not a, right. That's just a saying. That's not a contest. I don't know. There was like, I think I won a Snapple once. What? Okay. All right. It's very possible. <laughs> this is clearly a promotion. Big winnings in my six-year-old dr- life. To drink Pepsi and you can win money. That's fair. the whole thing. Fair, okay. Fair. So people started buying a lot of Pepsi. It's life-changing. They you could per- win $40,000. You'd be a 40000 there. So they, they're they they're doing this instead of buying bread at this point. <gasps> oh, okay? No. Yep. There's a big change in sales. And a few months, it's already eating into the dominance of Coca-Cola. So... Another person's asked, did you really think you had a chance of winning? And the person says, yes, because that's what they advertised. Then one day we were watching TV and our number 349 was chosen. I recognized that my bottle cap had won. I was happy, extremely happy. I won 1 million pesos. Everybody's like, this is fantastic. I just won a million pesos. And then they're looking at the number again and again. And one guy's like, I had two of them. I had two of these. So no. yep. there's just hundreds of three forty. <laughs> yep. This is 349 millions. There's 349s everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So Avenatti says there's an untold number of individuals with the number. And so you've got thousands of people who thought they basically won the lottery overnight. So Pepsi says, we're not going to make good on our promise because of this computer error. And people went crazy. It was all over the country. They're going to get a flip-flop to the face. We then realized that this is no ordinary marketing fiasco. So all these people, they rush (laughs) to the Pepsi sales offices demanding Pepsi honor the promise. People are mad. They start throwing rocks at outgoing Pepsi trucks. Throwing (gasps) stones at salesmen. Yep. A Molotov cocktail was detonated, Ah. meant for a Pepsi truck, and it resulted in the death of a teacher who was walking by. One woman actually says... If there was no 349, my mom wouldn't have died. We could have been at peace at this time. She would have seen her grandchildren. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Wait, how many people actually won this? Uh, they don't say, but a lot. Thousands of Yeah. But I guess 349 maybe. is like an even number, but this 349 is not an even number. Just it's so not you know. an even number at all. <laughs> so, but you guy. can't divide it by three. You can't. I don't think you can. 349? You can? Okay. You're the math teacher. Another guy says, there was an incident where a Pepsi plant was bombed, which resulted in the number of three employees. Now, according to Avenatti, that swayed public opinion, and Pepsi was able to avoid the public relations disaster. Um, so lo and behold... And because invest- the people revolted and burned I'm down guessing, their fucking... Pe- I'm guessing. They're like, look at these savages burning out yeah, their place. Unless, because I, we- unless I fucked up making a note, but I'm reading that myself going, well, right, we're happy. Yeah. <laughs> they, they bombed the plant. Everything's good now. Well, anyway, the investigation ensued. The government of the Philippines gets involved, and they conclude that Pepsi had bombed their own trucks oh, and attacked shit. basically their <gasps> own no. facility, had staged the whole thing in an Whoa. effort to sway public opinion and get out in front of this thing. Heavy. Now, I wrote these in Wait, bold. how do you bomb your own trucks to get out ahead of this thing? They are trying... So ask the U.S. government. Yeah, where have you been? It's called Black Ops. <laughs> now, I have this bolded, and I wrote this down, and it says... 
because this came up on the screen, it said these allegations have been disputed by Pepsi. The Filipino government later concluded Pepsi was likely not behind the bombing. They suggested it was, quote, rival bottlers, unquote, uh, instead. Because the Filipino government is so trustworthy. Oh, yes. like ours is better? It oh, was fair point. It was okay. Filipino drinks, Ching Tao, that were trying to but take him down. Isn't the leader of the Philippines like gung ho on murdering? I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen Didn't, uh, didn't, didn't uh, like Pacquiao? A, yeah, run, he was run? actually interviewed in this documentary. Oh, wow. I just Whoa. caught it due to time shortage. Okay. Now, anyway, John, John says that was what was being put forward by Michael. And that's pretty, pretty vicious. But again, at this point, I was pretty like on the ropes. Now, Avenatti says he came to the conclusion that Pepsi had a history of making a lot of promises, but also of avoiding to deliver. They liked the quid, but they didn't like the quo. The, yeah. They'd sell the shit out of Pepsi. It's great for Wall Street. That's great for the fat cats and the C-suites. Then when it came to actually pay the piper, it was a different ball game. Oh, it was a computer error. The Harrier jet isn't real. And so the idea uh, I came up with was we're going to create an ad campaign that's going to go after Pepsi. So they literally create their own ad campaign to attack Pepsi. Now, Avenatti, he's in a home under house arrest, and he pulls out one of those big poster boards that's in a case that you zip up. Sure. And he goes, I knew I was going to need this someday. Oh, <laughs> no. So... He pulls out a picture of what looks like John, our hero, with a black eye on his face, but the black eye is the Pepsi logo. Okay. 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 Oh, it's, like, it's like the it's like a red red and blue wave with white in the middle of it. Yes. So he puts okay. so it's covering John's eye. Um, so anyway, the bottom it says, uh, or excuse me, Avenatti just says Pepsi deceiving a generation. So then he shows the second ad, which is just a blank piece of paper, totally blank. Okay. Now at the very yeah. bottom, there's a disclaimer. So figure it's one ninetieth yeah. of the page. Sure. It's just a, a disclaimer. It says, "Hey Pepsi, look down here. This is the space that's reserved for legal verbiage. <gasps> you know, the kind of stuff that keeps you from getting yourself in trouble because it negates any ambiguous or otherwise misleading promises that may appear in your ad. Pretty cool safety measure, huh? Yeah." But unfortunately, your Pepsi Points television commercial didn't have any such disclaimers. So viewers such as John Leonard were left to think the offer was as genuine as the T-shirt and sunglasses. Yeah, people look for the disclaimers. <laughs> yes, they, they need do. It. They need the guarantee. Look Absolutely. at them at the box. So Avenatti says, if that hadn't done the trick, then we were going to break out the heavy artillery. Uh-oh. So they show an ad. Bombs, you might say. Yes. So they show... Uh, a Pepsi bottle, and it's lit on fire, and it's been turned into a Molotov cocktail. Okay. No. Yep. And a guy's getting ready to throw it. Okay. At I presumably, like it. I like it. Maybe a Pepsi office. Sure. They don't show. I like it. I like it. So that ad reads: In 1992, Pepsi's number fever promotion led to a huge headache for the soft drink giant. Pepsi angered the winners by offering only 500 pesos, $20. So all these people were given $20 instead of $40,000. That was, that was, you know. So dirty. And they settled on that shit. Well, I don't think they had a choice. Yeah. So Avenatti I mean, says $20 it was either brilliant. you settle or we take away your roads. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. Avenatti said it was brilliant. You know, I guess if I was Trump, I'd say it was beautiful. There's never been more beautiful mobtail cocktail ever. The fuck? <laughs> He's going back to yeah. the Ukraine speech. I get it. I, get, okay. I understand, but I'm just saying it just seems out of place. Right. So the tagline well, on that 
on that one said Pepsi deceiving a generation. Yes. So they like found that. papers like in the United States that were willing to run the ad, including USA Today. Um, they also had billboards reserved in front of Pepsi's headquarters in Times Square because they wanted the executives to see it every day. So, you know, he was like, I wanted to punch them right in their nose. But he says, then they come up with numbers and cost projections, and they weren't small, a couple hundred thousand, as he recalls. This is John saying that. So then Avenatti says, so the idea was, we're going to have Hoffman fund it. He's got the 700000 because Pepsi never cash the check. Pepsi actually sent them the check back. Right. So presumably he has that money to spend on this effort. And he's like, we've been staying two to a room now. All right. He's been saving the money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's branch out. One to a room. We got this. Todd says, I remember sitting down with him and him giving me the pitch. And he has a couple of these storyboards up there and they're really negative, incriminating. It didn't sit well with me. John loved it. John loved it. He said, come on, Todd, let's do it. And he says, I felt like we were put, I felt like we put this before Pepsi and said, look, if we don't make a settlement with you, we're running these ads all over the United States. Yeah. He says, look up blackmail. And I I'd say it. it fits the category. Well, that's the same thing Avenatti got busted for with Nike, just mm. so you know. Yeah. The Tag exact ads. same thing. No, he threatened them. He said, oh, I'm going right, to do right, this right, right. if you don't pay us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Avenatti says, Hoffman asked him, what do you think the likelihood is that Pepsi's going to sue John over this? And he said, 100%. So he says, you know, how can you possibly advise that we should run this campaign? And he said, because Todd, it's all going to come out in the wash. Pepsi won't succeed in the case, most likely. It'll all be settled at the end. Either John's going to get a Harrier jet or there's, no, or there's going to be money that's going to be paid to John. So Todd said, I've been around the track a time or two. And I didn't like what was being pitched. A lot of the things... He wanted us to do bore a very strong resemblance to the things that he did that he's going to federal prison for now. Mm. Oh, okay. Shit. Pepsi's the one saying something false, and now we're going to do something that's just as bad and jump into the cesspool with them? No, I'm not. I'm not going to prison over a goddamn Harrier jet, and neither are you, idea. John. Good. Smart. Right. So John says Todd didn't see the get down in the mud, throw hand grenades, throw Molotov cocktails <laughs> route to success. So Avenatti's pissed. He says in the 11th hour, Todd Hoffman pulled the plug. I told Todd, listen, you're on the verge of fucking this whole thing up. Step aside. I've got people that will come in and will buy you out of your position. We are going to proceed. Wow. Avenatti also adds, John told me that he wanted Hoffman out of the deal at that point because John believed there was there wasn't going to be anything left unless my strategy was followed. So Todd says, I told John, I don't want to be a jackup artist. That's not the idea. That's not where I'm going with this. You want me out? Fine. I'll get out tomorrow, but I'm not going in this direction. So according to Avenatti, he says, Todd still wanted to maintain, maintain control. And if that meant the plane flew into the side of the mountain, so be it. He was just being impossible to deal with. It was typical Todd Hoffman. So Todd in a Wait, great... flying yeah, to the mountain? Crashed the deal. Very dis distinct. He could have said towers, but I think he was being respectful to those that we lost on 9-11. That's not what I was thinking. <laughs> I, don't think it, I don't think it's happened yet, 9-11. <laughs> anyway, um, Todd has a nice retort. He says, I would say Michael's wearing an Allow me to retort. <laughs> he says, I would say Michael's wearing an ankle bracelet, and I'm not. I'm oh. a free man, and I go to sleep at night, and I don't have to worry about anything. Anything coming after me, including the 36 federal indictments and facing prison or any of that shit. 
So John says, I had to make a strategic decision on which direction to go. And though I thought this could be one with Michael, I chose Todd. They've got to go up against a pretty big law firm. And it wasn't just Pepsi's. Remember, they've got their advertising uh, lawyers. They've got their insurance company lawyers. And they're off gone. So they need to bring in another lawyer. So we meet this guy, uh, David Nachman, very successful litigation attorney. And he says, you can't play with something and get people to respond emotionally if you're not prepared to deliver. He said, recently I took on the manufacturers and distributors of opioid products. He says, holding Pepsi to account really gripped me. And that motivated me and my team to pursue this. So after Pepsi filed their lawsuit against John, it was assigned to the docket of District Court Judge Kimball Wood. And Michael Avenatti says this. He said, I kept tabs on what was going on as far as legal maneuvering, but not in a stalkerish kind of way. Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's like, I wasn't like a boyfriend or girlfriend had been broken up with, yeah. you know, but he's keeping his eyes on things. Yeah. You know, he's in the background. What kind of boyfriend or girlfriend is he? <laughs> <laughs> Jilted lover, but still with interest. So not stalking though. No. So Larry says, this is a bad judge for us. She's going to be on big business's side. Well, John says our whole goal at this point was just to get in front of a jury. Pepsi's whole goal was to not let us get in front of a jury, but Pepsi successfully convinced judge Wood for a grant summary judgment. So what this is, if you don't know, is a mechanism to decide a case before it goes to jury. Yep. Okay. So John's bummed out because he said, if there was a jury in front of my peers, I think they would have been fair. And David says, we wanted to take, you know, depositions of all the advertising people who developed it and the promotional campaign, all those people. So, you know, Avenatti, you know, agrees. And he said, if you, if you took depositions, you could have asked him about the Canada stuff, you know, uh, why was the point total raised? You know, why is it that you didn't make it clear that it was a joke? So they've lost that. Now, downer, downer Michael Patty comes in and he says, when we brought Pepsi to the editorial house to show them the rough cut, it ended with the original offer, $700 million. And they said, can we see it again? Which wasn't unusual. We ran it again. And then one of the clients said, the 700 million Pepsi points, I find that hard to read. He said, what do you mean? Well, Jeff, the wolf says, at that point, there was a discussion in the editing room and said, the number's too damn long because the long number, you know, it, it, it wouldn't fit in the frame. It was mm. so long, the yeah. 700 million, yeah. which was the original total. Mm. So these fuckers cut it just so it looked cleaner. Oh, that was why they no. did it. Yeah. So Wait, what? So they changed 700 million. They took off million. three numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Three. Somebody yep. said that comma. looks that three looks a little yeah. Someone said that looks a little busy. So really, that's five spaces. So it's a you're comma, the math teacher. Space and three zeros. Yeah. So Michael says. That's not an argument. Michael says. So we had the editor take out one of the zeros and make it seventy million. And he said, I still uh, think that's too hard to read. And he said, Okay. He says, Take out another zero. Oh, I see. Yeah. So then we made so, it seven. Oh, seven I see. I see. I thought it was seven hundred thousand. Yeah. You're right. Seven million. Yeah. My bad. And we run that, and he goes, "I can't read that. We should go with seven million points." What do you think? And the people with him, they all agreed. I think they should have known better. It was their promotion. Went to their legal system. Yeah. And their words are there, written by lawyers to make sure that everything was kosher and straight up. Uh oh. Brian. Brian says it was just an aesthetic. 
Well, the wolf says nobody thought about the 10 cents a point thing because it was unanimously understood and accepted. It was a gag. Michael says, hey, Jeff, you're the wolf. You don't want me testifying. <laughs> I can't be put under oath. <laughs> Who been knows a, what I'll tell these fools? I would have been the what worst. What will I say? I would have been the worst witness Pepsi could have called. Because if you go, hey, listen, the commercial I presented had this ending, and it was changed by the client to this ending, and that made the whole thing happen, that'd be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Todd says, well, there's our case. They wanted to make it credible, and therefore it was credible. Well, we Pepsi really tried to make it credible. We advertised it for 7 million points, so it would be credible. Well, David says, we argued to the judge that additional discovery should be had. Well, yeah. she wasn't persuaded because she said, look, in her view, she had all the relevant facts and she didn't need anything else. She said the advertisement itself and the catalog, the correspondence between John Leonard and Pepsi, that was enough for her. So David argued to the judge that additional discovery should be had. She wasn't persuaded because she said, look, in her view, she had all of the relevant facts already. The advertisement itself and the catalog the correspondence between John Leonard and Pepsi. As far as she was concerned, that's all that was relevant to determining whether a reasonable person could have taken this as an offer. So now it's 1999. We are four years into the case. Uh, John says... So John's 23. Four. <laughs> Close, 24. God damn, that so, is off tonight. So John says we're years into it. Things are dragging on, briefings back and forth. It didn't seem like the legal process was going anywhere. Those early thrills were gone. Mm. He says, you know, at this protracted battle was going on, Todd and I continued climbing together. So they actually go to climb to Everest. Mm. What? They climbed Everest? Yep. All while the way to the top? Well, yep. While they're there, they, they remember- They green boots? They did what? They meet green boots. I don't know. I didn't ask. Green I can't boots. talk to him. What? You I can't don't know about green boots? No. What's green boots? Green boots is this man who unfortunately died hiking mm -hmm. Everest, mm -hmm. but he has bright ass green boots. Oh, you see, you see his so dead body on the top. Yeah. Uh, to tell you that you are right there right, at, at the Hillary the step. Pretty much, yeah. Hillary, Hillary step is gone. No, it's not. Hillary step's gone. Oh, it is. Hillary step. The, the earthquake that happened in 2017. Okay. I think it's 17. So what about George Mallory's body? Is the beginning of the Hillary's step is gone. Okay. So what about George Mallory's body? Is it past the, the green boots? George Mallory? Yeah. No, he's up and down. What do you mean he's up and down? He's been stuck on the mountain for... You, they took him no, off. No, he's been pushed off to the side. Okay. Because there's the Valley of the Colors. Okay. Where they push all the people over. Yeah, that just died. The Sherpas. That have died. Because yeah. bringing them down will cost them more effort I get than it. even getting up the mountain. I get it. I wouldn't want to come down. I mean, I always like to come all down. Right, but so whatever. Green, no. Anyways, so Green Boots is this person that, he's. I think he's an Indian man who uh -huh. hiked. He was. was supposed to be was one of an the Indian first man. Indian man yeah. who hiked Everest. But anyways, he passed away underneath some sort of thing, and he's a marker. Okay. Um, Very nice. Noted. Sorry. No Anyways. worries. You're good. Anyways. So anyway, uh, they actually were taking calls from their lawyers at base camp. Um, so, uh, you know, Michael, he says to me, the written opinion, there's some unbelievable comedy in there. I can't believe <laughs> it's funnier than the commercial. Uh, <laughs> funnier than the commercial. <laughs> Raz, 
Resounding reviews. According to Kimba Wood, she says no school would have ever made a parking space for a student's fighter jet. She criticizes the commercial for not having the pilot wear a helmet. Give me the dirt ball. She determines that the case didn't have any merit, that the offer that was made would not have been seen by a reasonable person as a legitimate offer. Fair offer. Todd says, the big thing that they hung their hat on was that no reasonable person could find this ad credible. Well, who were they advertising to? Yeah. John says, from a long-tenured federal judge's perspective, it may not have seemed like a legitimate offer, but I can tell you millions of peers uh, saw the commercial and thought it was an offer. Now, I say millions, that's a stretch. Mm. I'm guessing there's five Johns in the world that Mm. thought this was real. That's my personal take. I could be wrong. Todd says you're advertising to a specific group. You should be asking that group, is that credible? I think you should find a majority, you would find a majority of the people would find that credible. I think it was a corporate decision from a corporate judge. I'm sorry to say. Well, John says onward and upward. Back to Mount Vincent. It's time to get in the tent because these guys, <laughs> they're getting ready to go for the summit. No shit. John, well, we're going to go oh, give oh the top God, a try. Die on the mountain? Let's crunch along. So that's all you get from those guys. Todd dies on the mountain. No, no, Calling no. Calling it now. <laughs> that's it. That's just the one break. And then we're going to go back, talk more stuff about the case. You know, the suits say, hey, he had a clever shot, you know, trying to either get us to settle or win a court case. And, you know, they were unsuccessful at both. But, you know, hats off to him. Linda's mom says, I'm really proud of him for doing that. And somebody should have. I mean, it was an offer and he should have gotten the jet. And uh, at this point, John says, God dang, maybe I should have taken that early settlement, huh? Shoulda, woulda. John says, one night I'm watching Jeopardy and I come up as a freaking Jeopardy question. Oh, shit. (gasps) No. Yep. Michael Patty says, What's the Jeopardy question? When they say, uh, this no, no. man. What is a Jeopardy? Question? This man tried to sue Pepsi. Okay, for I'm a- not asking you a Jeopardy question. <laughs> yeah. My question is, what was the Jeopardy question? Not what is a Jeopardy question. I know what Jeopardy questions are. This man tried to unsuccessfully sue Pepsi in 1995 for failure to deliver a Harrier jet. Oh, that's a good one. So answer the Jeopardy question. Who is? Who is? John. Who is John? Fuck, I'm not going to get the I last name. I don't know the last name either. Who is John Leonard? <laughs> We're in this Hoffman? Together. No. All right, so Michael Patty says... John Pepsi. Michael Patty says, for the health of my career, my client, my agency, I, I wanted to dislike John Leonard. On the other hand, if I was 20 years old and I could figure this thing out... I would have been damn excited. I can't ever see this guy being excited. Over yeah, anything. I don't know. If no. we'll, I you never get excited for anything. I kind of view him as a kid with a quarter at the carnival who wants to beat the carnival games, and mm-hmm. you kind of got to root for that. Even in retrospect, I do, because it's Mark Twain. It's like Americana. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to the top of the mountain. Woohoo! Woohoo! Top of the bottom! What a dream, John. <laughs> awesome stuff. A dream come true. Oh, my God. What a dream come true. What a day. They're at the summit, guys. Wow. Now, it's Mount, unclear. Uh, if, Mount Vincent. I'm assuming because Vincent. they didn't. Yeah. They didn't go back and shoot Everest again. So they're at Vincent. Did they ever make Everest? Did yeah, of course. Yeah, they made it. 
John says, it's interesting looking backwards on things, especially things that didn't turn out the way you hoped. Todd says, all right, here goes. Woohoo. We're taking pictures of each other. Todd says, irrespective of whether the plane got delivered, didn't get delivered, this did change things and changed them for the better. And I'm proud of that. And it's because of two people that got together, John and myself, who forged a friendship on a mountain. John, a lasting friendship with further adventures to come. Well, thank you, Pepsi, for running a misleading and false advertising. We never would have been here without you. Woohoo! Todd underwent successful surgery and had his cancer removed. He's now in remission. Oh, nice. John's married oh, with kids. Sweet Jesus. And uh, he's a park, How old is John now? park ranger in Alaska. He's my age, 46, 47. So, uh, park the, ranger in Alaska, pretty yep. good a gig. The only thing I wanted to bring up that I thought Wait, was But he goes fun. from wanting to fly a Herkimer jet, Harry Meyer. Harrier. Harrier. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. To being a park ranger in Alaska? That's what he wanted to do. He never wanted to be a jet pilot. He just wanted the jet. Okay. If he wanted to be a jet pilot. I'm still lost on their connection. I know you are. I know. Um, It's all right. So (laughs) there's a statement of facts that I thought was pretty funny that the judge put out. She said an A an AV8 Harrier 2 jump jet alleged to be owned to the plaintiff. The Harrier jet is not yet visible, but the observer senses the presence of a mighty plane as the extreme winds generated by its flight create a paper maelstrom in a classroom devoted to an otherwise dull physics lesson. Finally, the Harrier jet swings into view and lands by the side of the school building next to a bicycle rack. Several students run for cover. And the velocity of the wind strips one hapless faculty member down to his underwear. While the faculty member is being deprived of his dignity, the voiceover announces, now the more Pepsi you drink, the more great stuff you're going to get. She was worried about the science teacher's dignity in the opinion. That's sweet. So there you go. That's it. Should have taken the money. Obviously, we know that. Well, I mean, aren't aren't they? I, I thought I heard Should... some stuff that they're actually still kind of in litigation or something. No, yeah, no, no, it's wait, over. The, no, it's over. How much money did John and Todd actually get? Nothing. Nothing. They get anything out of it. They got nothing. They got zero dollars. They got zero bucks. They got fame in a documentary. Well, I'm sure that Netflix paid paid them probably. They didn't really I lose bet... money except for our lawyer fees, I guess. At the very least, they got sponsors for their hiking. Maybe Out of Pepsi, probably. Maybe. Maybe a Coca-Cola. Um, it'd be interesting to... Those guys lived a, enough life for a couple people. Yeah, Fair. but it would be interesting to know what Netflix paid them for this because they do their life rights. They had to sign that over. I'm sure somebody wanted to make it into a movie and then, you know, Netflix decided a documentary was enough. Um, I would like to know if you think they should have gotten the money. Dave? Well, again, in the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law, like I personally think that they should been awarded the money, but I also think it was sleazy for them to go after it. You have my exact opinion. I agree. I don't think either one of these guys are are winners. I think that they're he's pretty lame for bringing the lawsuit. I think Pepsi was generous in giving them the offer of a quarter, three quarters of a million dollars or a million. 
And I, I would have doubled it. I would have said 1.5 mil or get the fuck I out would, of here. I would have done more negotiating. I said, uh, if you do 3 million, we'll sign today and walk out of that room with, you know, what does it say? $800,000 after taxes and split with everybody. That's a pretty good amount of money for somebody that's 20 years old. So, but in the end, it probably would have killed him having that much money sure. at that age. So maybe this was blown it. That's maybe this was the way it was supposed to be. He's happy. He's married with kids. He's a park ranger. What's not to love? Now, as for the documentary, we dock things around here. Yep. This is not a four mini series, four part documentary. This could have been told in an hour and a half, and yeah. instead they chose to double that. Uh, and um, three. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a two star doc for me. Um, if it interests you, the subject matter, go watch it. Uh, if not, you just listen to it and that's enough. You're probably just as confused as Carling. And if you are, then you should watch it. So that's all I have to add. Most importantly, we do appreciate you listening to our show and it means a lot to us. So if you have time, please follow us at down on the docs pod on Twitter, or you can find us at down on the docs pod on Instagram. Or you can email us down on the docs pod at gmail.com. And Carly, what's the most important thing that helps out our success on this I was show? I going to say, and if you harass Chris enough mm -hmm. and throw in those five-star reviews, you may end up on the show. Yep. So go to Apple and leave us a five-star review. Go ahead and tell us what you think about the show, whether or not you like the episodes, whether or not you hate them, what we need to change around here, and we'll take it all with a grain of salt. Uh, that's it, and have a wonderful week.